gods we shall be for thee, my podcasters, for thee power hath descended forth from thy hand. Our feet may swiftly carry out thy commands, so we shall flow a river forth to thee and teeming souls, teeming with souls shall it ever be in nomine patre e file e spiritu sante. Welcome everybody to Polarize Podcast. Glad to have you here. This is a podcast about movies, movies in particular that we talk about are polarizing ones in the sense of Rotten Tomato scores. Critics love them, audiences hate it, or vice versa. These are the movies that we talk about on this podcast. And today, you join us, if you don't know the reference from my opener, is The Boondock Saints, a cult classic from 1999. Mm. Great, great year. Uh, the score for this movie for uh, for everybody out there is uh, 28% a critic score and a 91% audience score. Very polarizing movie. I am very excited. What to was talk the about critic this. again? 28%. Wow. Um, I'm very excited to talk about this movie. And in order to talk about movies, I mean, you you all you all already know. If I'm not gonna just talk this entire time, I need it. My forever guest, my co-host, the man about town, the wondrous, the spectacular, the stupendous, Mr. James Lindsay. Ooh. How are you, sir? Get, oh, I'm into those adjectives. Wondrous. I was it's that's that has some sort of, uh, I don't know, very almost I was going to say romantic <laughs> vibe, but like a poetic. No, a poetic vibe rather than wonderful. Oh. It's one wondrous. Yes, and, like now I, and now I'm blushing. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> now you got me go blushing. A wondrous uh, physic. We just we're big Elden Ring fans. Shout out to all you Elden Ring fans out there. Um, yeah, wondrous and yeah. I just I so nonetheless. You got to mention Elden Ring. Uh, the great Brandini and I beat the game recently with a good with plenty of help from our our uh, guests here as well, and it it's just uh i don't know it feels like an accomplishment of some kind <laughs> oh for it's sure. a video game yeah. many of you that aren't into video games might think we're crazy but man it it, it was a tough video game if you don't know anything about it it's very difficult yeah. that's all you need to Incredibly. know and we uh we beat the last boss in it and we beat it and we're we're flying sky high and i feel wondrous brandini yes, i'm glad i'm glad Hell yeah, dude. I, I'm feeling Nothing good. but Elden Lords here today. That's right. Yes, yeah, that's right. Uh, before we introduce our guest, I know he's you can hear him. He's chomping at the bit to talk about this movie. But I just wanted to say, James, it's something I wanted to bring up to, with you uh, that we haven't talked about is, is that so we hung out together on Sunday and we got into some serious booze and we were booze cruising to say the least so much. So I have been on record as saying, I hate karaoke oh, and they, I'm so they, glad you're bringing this up right now. This is great. And, and they got, they, they didn't get me. I, Oh, honestly, we got you. I, we got I, you. I was, I was, I was boozing so hard that I was like, and mm-hmm. wanted to get in on it myself. And I was singing karaoke. We were doing some great jams. I just real wonderful ass shit because I haven't done karaoke really ever. And it was fun to uh, uh, to sing to some songs. You've like, been vocally you know, against it. Vocally. Against and I did it, not yeah. try too hard, but I waited till the booze and had run its course a bit. 
And then sure enough, those hot noons, man. Once, and those, uh, yeah. April spritzes, man. Well, oh, you are also burying the lead. You also invented your drink that we uh, talked about in our pirate series, the breezy uh, brandini. You created it, uh, yes. which you have to tell. I hope you told Brian, which he's, he's I haven't. A, he's a big rum I guy. Told him, yeah. Uh, I think he should, he should know. Uh, he, he should know about the breeze of Bandini. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But uh, yes, we, we did some karaoke. We I, we couldn't keep you get you off of that thing. You were you were hooked. <laughs> I was in it. I was hooked. I loved I it. Boy. I had such a good time. <laughs> Uh, the breezy brandini for anybody uh, who wants to know is really just an Aperol spritz, but instead of soda water, you throw in a high noon in there. A watermelon um, particular is that? I, uh, that's my whatever. favorite. Yeah, you know, just a high noon in general. You substitute the soda water for that, and then um, you also add gin into it. It's you. <laughs> it was Aperol, and then you're ready to noon, sing anything. Gin. Uh, yeah, I was, I was ready to sing, sing every, all the songs. You should add Carly but, Simon into the ingredients. <laughs> oh my God. I should, or TLC. So oh. vain. You probably think this song is about you. Oh, here we go again. So we're, vain. I know, we're going again. <laughs> See, what I wanted to specifically say to you, James, that we hadn't talked about is, is that, so I, this was the first time this has happened to me, but I was so hung over on Monday that I had back spasms. Oh my God, dude. Is that your first? I feel like I've had body aches. You had spasms. One time I had back spasms before, but it was the, it was so crazy because like, my back my lower back started to like hurt a little bit as I was leaving your place, which was like, I'd say probably around like Oh, and you had to take a car drive. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, the, actually, my my new car has really great seats. So like sitting upright in like pretty, uh, you know, it, like the seats are not fabric slouchy seats. They're leather, like kind of like force you to sit upright. So it's actually you got some you know, lumbar in there. You got some get some lumbar, support some serious lo- lumbar action. Mm-hmm. But my God, it was so f- crazy because like, okay, so my back started spasming and then I get back and I start working and to the point where like my back's hurting and then I like shoot off a slack to, uh, to my boss, um, and was like, so I'm having these back spasms. What's the move? And then she was like, well, it's probably cause you're dehydrated just like mm. a Charlie horse. And so yeah. I was like, right, of course I am because I've just drank like a metric <laughs> shitload yeah. because not only did we have an oh entire bottle of Aperol together, we also drank a whole thing of uh, high noons. Then we also had beers. Like it was just this, you know, uh, fucking cacophony of alcohol. Yeah. And then, uh, and it was, what I tried was to keep fun- pace. I was like, I'm going to keep pace. I don't, I don't know why I decided that, but I was like, I'm going to try to keep pace with the grape brandini and i was hurting the next day as well <laughs> hurting like a motherfucker but it, it just it cracked me because what is funny in hindsight about it is is that once i got home i just i drank almost a gallon of water yeah like because i i uh i not to brag or anything, but I buy my water from a local water store. Didn't have water here. So I went to the seven 11, bought a gallon of uh, arrowhead water and seriously drank almost the entire thing. Just put a straw so I had on it. All, 
<laughs> just uh, so much water. And then I took some Tylenol and then the next day my back wasn't so bad. Nice. So it really was just like dehydration chopping it up to you. Cause like at first when you get lower back spasms, you're like, Oh, it's cause I like, you know, was did, pulled a muscle or was like moving around or like something uh, to that effect. Mm-hmm. But really, it I, I could all, because of how much of a remedy the water was, I can just attribute that I was so hungover that my lower back was. Fast. <laughs> 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 and it's too funny, but. You know, that's not why you didn't blame here. the karaoke. It's just like, all right, it was the karaoke. I threw my back singing karaoke. <laughs> oh, no, that was that was so fucking fun. That was but, that was a blast. Like, we had we had a great uh, Memorial Day weekend. Um, yeah. And it's such a yeah, always such a treat to to see the great Brandini face to face. Yeah. It's so good to hang out with you, too. We did some fun stuff. I loved it. A lot. Yeah. Those are the, you know, those are the things that you remember, but tried to go to the Miyazaki museum. Didn't work out. They were sold out. We'll, we'll, we'll do it next time. We're, we're big. Where's this? We're big film lovers. LA. It's an exhibition uh, at a, uh, one of the museums in, in LA. If, I mean, yeah, we can try We can get reservations for another time, but this, this is something yeah, we tried to do. We're, you know, we're a little bit of film lovers right here, but uh Brandini loves no, the Miyazaki. I think our guest I does lo- as well. I think we got to bring him in here. We've, we bring the guest we've already mentioned him a couple thing. times. Yeah. So uh, uh, today, speaking of guys, wondrous, uh, speaking of wondrous, I was thinking about too now this trend that's happening with our guest and the movies that he picks. And I feel like there's a, there is somewhat of a consistent theme. You might remember him from the matrix uh, revolutions. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, episode glad to have him on again mr aaron williams how the hell are you how are you so doing? what i would have <laughs> the day in the life my boys yes, do, you, my do man. you see any similarities between uh the this movie and matrix revolutions yourself adub because i feel like i can see i can see a couple Maybe. certainly yeah i mean uh the great brandini and i have talked about this a couple of times um so i know he's alluding to like this underlying theme that I that I really enjoy in in movies, which is just the the uh, rebellion, uh, anti authority, yeah, um, uh, and all and all that kind of stuff. So, um, <clears throat> you know, doing what's good, you know, regardless, uh, and that kind of stuff. So, <clears throat> yeah, sure. I think this this kind of fits in there uh, uh, loosely in that. You know, obviously these guys are out there uh, doing the Lord's work, killing, killing uh, the, uh, the the degenerates of society. So, yeah, totally. And I I would also say that like the Matrix, the original one, obviously not re- revolutions because that kind of turns into this other kind of landmark in more so reboots and things like that. But the Matrix mm-hmm. as a series starts off as being very counterculture-ish. And what you're talking about as well is like not just anti-authority, but count like where it fits in people's minds and like the type of people that are into it, because I would assume that there's probably a pretty heavy crossover from people who like the matrix who also like the boondock saints. Well, and, a, and another this, so matrix was 99, right. And this movie was 99. Correct. Mm-hmm. And then was Ooh. fight fight club was 99 as well. Right. I think so too. Yeah. Or like around that time. So it's just like, I, I don't know the energy of, of those kind of movies is in terms of, 
style of filmmaking as well as the the yeah anti-authority messaging especially in fight fight club um but that's the the style itself and the overall sentiment i think i i was drawing a lot a lot from that and that was just yeah like the notoriety of 1999 in terms of like movie history is pretty strong as well of like a lot of interesting movies came out um at that time but it is still steeped in that kind of counterculture sort of sort of movement yeah. and and everything but you, you so you got a real history with uh boondock saints like since it like first came out because i'm like i'm curious about the history of this movie i feel like it really does i use the word uh cult classic flippantly i think sometimes but i feel like this one really is one and i'm curious yeah, if totally. you were aware of it like when it first came out or like um maybe later yeah so 1999 wow yeah did you see it in 1999 ada i can't recall that i saw it specifically when it released but i it, it must have been you know relatively soon after i would well possibly a little bit after because i mean both of us all three of us would have been nine years old so we would have probably saw it more closer to our 20s than our 10 years old right and i don't know about you guys but this was a dvd movie right yeah. this wasn't something Same. that that was i mean you could have maybe saw it in like a you know a special like showing of it at a theater but this is this thrived because of the era of dvds like yeah. this was something mm -hmm. similarly to the Matrix has a bigger splash and a, and a bigger release, but, you know, the nature of it and who it's for is mm -hmm. more of this growing DVD like consumer of, you know, somebody who is into very weird, you know, cultish. Uh, I, I'm, yeah, kind of like low budget said, as well. Totally a B movie like the, if anything, this is trying to be and we can talk about whether it's successful uh, or not throughout this discussion of the movie, but a Tarantino movie as well. Yeah. And Tarantino mm -hmm. is classically like uh, a B like makes B movie esque or not asks well, the, like he makes the, stru movies. the structure of it, especially in trying to constantly like take two steps forward, one step back or however you want to look at it mm -hmm. with like the, the fading and fading out almost like chapters. Of, I mean, not, it's just like, it's trying to allude to other things that are going on around that time. And yeah, elicit that same kind of like style and aesthetic. And you're, you're absolutely right with Tarantino. It's like hard to get away from him at this time too, of like the effect that Pulp Fiction had on everything. Um, and even like mm -hmm. Reservoir Dogs with like, a, I don't know, with like this, the style of yeah. this style of this movie, but his, his especially the violence and the language are the mm -hmm. two things, right. That are very like Tarantino has set the pace for of, yeah. And it feeds into the counterculture, like why you would characterize this as that is that obviously there are big movies being made, you know, more family friendly also to just, you know, consumer culture in the nineties is really fascinating as well. You know, cause something that I always remember of like consumerism in the nineties is having a sense of edginess. And like, weirdly I attribute it to Tarantino, like even down to like, you know, we're nine years old when this movie comes out. So you're still kind of watching Nickelodeon, not kind of you for sure watching Nickelodeon. And there's like an edginess to it. Cause you just, you want to move away 
away from more rounded, simple like stuff. And you're, I don't know, everything, everybody's trying to be edgy. It's like where uh, edge Lord is almost born is in the nineties because I, I, I don't know specifically why, because I, obviously it has to be in response to the eighties and what was going on there. And, which doesn't feel so much as like following in line with things. If anything, it's like a slow divergence away from, you know, as we continue to move away from the boomer generation of a more nuclear family, like we just slowly move away from that more, what, what it means to be an American, what are general interests as Mm -hmm. more, you know, uh, uh, traditional values and we just have been slowly moving away from that and there was such a interesting twist in the 90s where we just got movies like this and you know kind of what you mentioned as well about all the movies that did come out in this year fight club for example well, yeah so anti-establishment and so edgy and um yeah, this movie is among those movies, though. I don't know. I mean, if we want to start right off the bat. But, I mean, like, it fits the bill of a of a polarizing movie in, in the sense that it's trying totally. to stir the pot of a, of a polarizing kind of discussion. And those kind of movies are coming around, coming out around that time. And it definitely has. Yeah. The yeah specific style and, and energy that that fits fits that time period. Um I was going to say something else I forgot, but uh, yeah, let's, let's roll into the beginning of the movie, which is like, what about you, James? I mean, do you, uh, Oh I yeah. Ask um, you, well, like, when, you know, I feel for, like maybe we might've watched it together. Cause it was one of those things like in I mean, high school, like rented it, right? Like this is, a, so, this is a movie must have showed us. This is a movie, yeah, this movie. And I think this is maybe what I was going to kind of allude to was this is a movie that has a certain, and I'm not speaking directly to like, you ate up or anything, but like it has a certain connotation of attracting like a certain type of fan or like, I should put it more like this of like the fan base kind of fucking sucks sometimes like for these kind of movies of like boondock saints and like fight club. Like I love fight club. It's a great movie, mm-hmm. but the fan base for people that really like that movie, some of them kind of Sox, fucking suck. And yeah, they're like, they're more than edge Lords. They're like, Border, I don't know. There's it can border on like fucking like, winning fucking like incel uh, yeah. incel territory and, and shit like that. Where For sure and you know, however, like very anarchistic and and everything. And mm, bad for sure. Yeah, definitely. yeah. I mean, that's that's a big part of Fight Club. But I just have it was kind so of this movie too. It was so hyped up to me from all sorts of people, but also like I could tell what type of people liked it and why they liked it before I even saw the movie. Like it was one of those ones that was so talked about from people and it was on DVD and stuff. And I saw much later in my life, I think as like, yeah, probably like a set. Yeah. 18, something like that. 17, 18, like yeah, at somebody's somewhere. house. Um, and by that time it had been built up and hyped up so much that it was like, I don't know. It was almost impossible to live up to how cool everyone made it seem. And it's like, this is one that I haven't seen as well. And it's almost like, I would, I would just like try to avoid it. Cause I like know that it's not going to be as good as everyone says it is, but like, I've never seen beer fest and every single time I say like, I haven't seen beer fest. People are like, bro, bro, you guys, <laughs> bro, you guys, <laughs> beer fest? what's wrong with you? 
into like, that are, are, are you fucking kidding me bro like fuck and it's like almost it, out of like spite that i don't want to fucking see it it's like i don't <laughs> like, it's bro, like man. it's like no it's not going to be as good it's there's no way it's as good as everyone tells me it is or like that another one and both of you, you no, guys you were falling shot. into my trap you're falling into my trap and another one and you, okay you guys ready for another reaction you guys are going to do the same thing you ready for this i've never seen grandma's boy uh, well so that and that, everyone always always like bro bro grandma's boy come on dude, grandma's boy is great. saints come on bro i don't hold it against you but it's a it's great it's great <laughs> see um, now you're downplaying um, it because now you know you're yeah, this is under this fucking traffic no this is fu- well this is fucked up this is fucked up for me and i like and i kind of like talk <laughs> shit for you dog yeah, man, it kind of is. I, I agree because I talk shit on critics that do this kind of shit. And I, this is me doing right. it where like they talk more about the people who like the movie rather than the movie movie itself and like the context sure. around it rather sure, than sure, actual sure. movie. And I don't I know jack shit really about, you know, beer fest or or, or whatever, you know. Oh, my and, God. And like but this but this one and I've seen like scenes and I might as well have seen it because people fucking quote were quoting it all the time. Like, oh, it's like, like I, off the crap. Uh, yeah, I get it. I get it. Like <laughs> I've heard all the quotes. I like I'm might as well have seen it you know it's like napoleon dynamite or something around that time it's like if you hadn't seen napoleon dynamite it's like okay you know everyone's saying this thing like it's not going to be as funny to me because it's just i've heard it secondhand so much so i i finally saw it like as a teenager and, and stuff and like i uh yeah that was that was around the around the time uh it hit me and then like i don't think it lived quite up to my expectations but i also thought it was really fun to hang out with the bros and and put it on and like watch the action scenes and it was very like it had the quotable stuff too it made me want to get a pea coat and and get that sort of style going with the frayed jeans and the pea yeah, coat man. and wearing black black looks so cool i mean those guys look you can look, see find pictures of yeah, old yeah, me too. wearing wearing that exact kind of stuff yeah like oh for sure uh, i ran ran out and grabbed that pea coat yeah for sure yeah mm-hmm. and, iconic mm-hmm. and i mean uh yeah those guys are cool and then like uh you can they are cool and then coming into to this uh viewing just i mean just to preface and and everything it's like interesting because i i almost was like ooh, i'm not sure if i'm gonna um if this is gonna hold up and i think that'll be interesting to to continually like bring up throughout this conversation it's like which parts hold up and which parts don't because i i just like unfortunately like i already knew going into this i'm like ah some of this isn't gonna hold up but then I was also pleasantly surprised with with <laughs> yeah. like the ride that I that I had in this. In this. Sure. And it's like there's a lot of other, yeah, higher budget, more like produced movies that don't reach the same sort of like energy level of this of this movie and aren't so like sure of themselves and know who they are. Cause like this movie is like very sure of itself, which is like <laughs> yeah. fu- which is fun. It know? is, absolutely. It knows it, it knows what it is. Right, totally. And to the and you would say uh, to it could be to its detriments at points because it couldn't give a shit less about getting it'll pause at concepts and then we can start off the movie because we it kind of starts with this very grandiose uh entrance into the movie where we are getting a sermon from a in a catholic church and there's music playing it almost seems like a michael bay movie too because you're just getting a lot of you know these sweeping shots 
the the fades <laughs> the, the, the fades begin so many fades in this movie mm. oh gotcha i thought you're like face fade no fade in fade out fade in fade out sure there's a, there's a lot yeah um and it the kinetic energy in this movie is something that i truly love about it because it just like with michael bay operating at his best like you know it move the camera moving fast the editing you know jumping around kind of getting in like you know different perspectives like there's times in the you know the this first scene with the church where you are almost like at different people in the pews you're also following them come in but then you're also watching them walk up and they're or like and the beginning got, of like face off or something too yeah very much so oh great example of yeah a a action movie and it is uh this movie now really came off in this viewing as being such a low budget movie and for it to make sure. those types of uh, you know the way that it presents itself it, it it is so confident it's like oh of course i'm gonna do this because that's what i like i'm going for regardless of how much money that i have to pull that off like i'm gonna going to pull it off because it's necessary to make a movie in this way and um so the you know to get back to the plot of what's being told because this is kind of a thesis i would say is being presented right off the top with the pastor's uh story uh so he is talking about how uh the real evil in the world is when uh good people don't re like don't do anything or become complacent in terrible things happening. fear the indifference of good men Fear the indifference of good men. And which was really wonderful to me this time. I'm sorry to take up on this ramp, but I have to because it was so. Please. So crazy for this to that that uh, concept. And also, too, he specifically talks about the pastor. It gives a story about a woman who is stabbed and no one does anything about it. Kitty. And she's Genovese, Genovese right. or whatever. Kitty. Right. Kitty Genovese. The first yeah, kitty, yeah. the first kitty to die in this movie. So I have this book. <laughs> shout out to, ooh, yeah, have a tally oh. of all the Katie's meow Katie's. Yeah, there's a yeah that Kitty really gets blown away later in the movie. Yeah. So uh, shout out to Rutger Berman. Uh, he, I'm reading this book called Humankind, and it's about uh, how we have gotten a lot of things wrong about how indifferent and how shitty people can be and talks mm. about human beings as how they really are, which are actually caring, compassionate people who are working together to try to solve problems. And they ultimately are designed to take care of themselves. And it's a wonderful book and I'd recommend reading it. And there is a chapter in here about Kitty Genovese. And Whoa. Whoa. Oh, she's a real person. She's a real person. Sorry, Can you say the name of the book one more time? It's called Humankind. 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 Uh, Rutger Bergman. Okay. Um, and so there's a chapter about Kitty Genovese and she is a real person. Whoa. And it has also been used as a, uh, a case study that has been fundamental into sociology and into uh, wow. psychology because it is called the bystander effect came out of that situation. People oh, right. stud studied this and the bystander effect came out of it. And anybody who's not familiar with this psych uh, psychology term is the bystander effect is, is that like if 
in a group of people, you are less likely to act because you think somebody else is going to act. So I don't need to do anything because obviously somebody else is going to do something. So then ultimately it creates a like percentage of success in somebody, you know, uh, going out of their way to help or to aid or whatever. But he talks about and gives the exact actual analysis and the actual history based off of the interviews that happen because the bystander effect and Kitty Genovese's story comes from a article by the New York Times or the New York Post about how this woman was and she was a gay woman. This woman was coming home and she was stabbed once. The killer left and she it, two more times after that. And over the course of an hour, she was stabbed to death in a street in New York City in Brooklyn. And so. The writer focuses on how could somebody in New York City in Brooklyn be screaming and getting stabbed and no one comes out to help her. And it it they craft an entire narrative around how. In a, like in a city, you are almost more alone than ever because mm, everybody wow. is ends up being so self-interested that they go like, I don't have to do anything because somebody mm-hmm. else will. Obviously, somebody else will will because there's hundreds of people surrounding me. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody's for sure going to help them. And you also in a city just see so much crazy shit Mm -hmm. that you become desensitized to it. And they crafted the, I I can't remember the reporter's name, but crafted a narrative that this is showing what modern human beings are like. We have moved away from and embedding in their narrative of like post-World War II, you know, everybody is coming home, helping each other out. There's a sense of camaraderie. We're all in this together. And that's part of the human experience as well, which is total bullshit. And that's what humankind talks about is, is that even that story alone is total bullshit. It is really a narrative that is trying to present itself as being factual, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's trying to just say like here's what this person was thinking about what was going on at that time and then really you know use this situation and mind you they also were getting bad inputs because there was there were so many different factors into this case that just didn't come to light quickly and or weren't considered or like it's like bad police work essentially you know for lack of a better term and or like so, arriving at a at a conclusion that you want you're not looking at the actual evidence you're just already looking at the what conclusion that you that they wanted but also further that is like people are asking questions and finding evidence with their own biases as well right so then really the facts also are inherently biased so, but then if you, but the thing that the book talks about, uh, Rutger Bergman's Humankind, again, everybody go get it, is <laughs> hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> hashtag not sponsored. Uh, <laughs> is that if you actually take the time and if you really look and hear from people instead of taking a small sample size and then also to only searching in places that fit your biases. Right. Uh, you'll find out that that that's not the case. And so really in that story of Kitty, Kitty Genovese is that her neighbor 
did come help. Somebody did call, but that person who called was a homosexual man. And at this point in, unfortunately in New York city and in America, it's a crime to be gay in sixties. It was like 63. So they didn't want to, they didn't want to, you know, get involved in a criminal case because they didn't want to have to explain what they were doing who they are and so on and so forth. And so you have that kind of information. Then you also have that one of her roommates and her friend actually did go out and help her, but no one like it just, it doesn't, you know, it it doesn't fit into that and it doesn't uh, just, yeah. Lack of faith, lack of faith in the system that is supposed to protect. Exactly. That's, specifically the issue there is this a lack of faith in the system like you know what i don't want to talk to the fucking police because to bring it back to this movie is is that there is an air about you know uh and willem dafoe mentions it is that i'm surprised anybody even called you Mm -hmm. this is a predominantly irish neighbor why do you think that's the case and it's because the irish have been treated very poorly by by the police and they don't want to tell anybody about it because they don't want the police to come in here and then racially profile and just take away their sons and daughters from their communities because they're Irish because they have a stigma and a, and a, yeah, this preconceived and yeah, they kick, kick them out of their, their homes and everything like that. Where, yeah. Right. And yeah, so it was just so fascinating to hear that being presented because that is, I know that it's, I, I just said that that story was actually different, but nonetheless, like for this movie, the, the thesis of it is, is that the, these guys, Sean Patrick Flannery and Norman Reedus, which they just walk into that church guys, just <laughs> walk into that church. And you get a moment where the, the, like young pastor was like, are we going to just the let these, just walk up here in the right middle now? of the sermon? They in just like walk right up. <laughs> And then the elderly just, guy like stops him, right? Like, yeah, he's he's like, like no, 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 no. You don't need like, uh-uh, no. They're already saints. So they already seem to be saints. Yeah. That's what I wanted to bring up is, is so was that moment actually later, like at after everything that happens in the movie? Because um. because it was it was so weird for them to have such a commanding like we're almost superheroes which they actually we can talk about that line about them being superheroes later but <laughs> like they are allowed to just walk inside a full uh church uh per- not procession but like congregation uh the the pastor is speaking or whatever in catholic yeah father father i think it was uh, i mean i think it was at the beginning because that's what i mean they say later it's like oh we do this every sunday and i think after there's that icon iconic kind of shot where they light the cigarettes coming out of the church and then i think they go to the right. meat the meat packing plant after or i don't know right. okay. the meat packing was i think the meat packing is after because then they have the meat fight it is after yeah so yeah. then okay yeah. that's also that's can fine. i say one of the names in the opening credits is bob marley <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's all Wait, I, I totally missed that somebody's somebody's name bob marley worked on this <laughs> movie right i think he was like <laughs> he was starring in it so someone who's a, in the starring cast is named bob marley <laughs> the, wow just the, you know, oh it's oh okay, yeah. i'm seeing right here okay you ready for this on on imdb it's, a, it's a pop. let's get it yep get it's it. uh the one and only greenlee it's Greenlee. Uh, that guy's course. name is Bob Marley. Wow. 
Because Marley would be Irish, right? Like you could see that being Irish if you think oh, about Marley. it. Oh, Marley. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, Greenlee. So, yeah. Okay, that's interesting because then it just like weirdly, and I I, I assume that I was thinking about it, it's but then I assume that, that it is happens before everything because you're right like they go to the church they come out they're like oh this time the pastor gets it i think he's getting it and the and then they go to the meat packing so what now thinking about it what that posits is is that they've always been vigilantes they've been doing it for a while right yeah that's what i was thinking really okay isn't I mean, that I, so weird to think about? Because they, the whole, so much of their, they're like, part of, they're part of a crew. I mean, but they're not like seeking out bad guys to vanquish. They're not them. seeking it, right? But, but like, if, right. but they seem to be, yeah, the, they're not indifferent. They're not indifferent men. They are, they are good, active members of their community that help right. support the people. And it seems like they are at least already in that position and they yeah like they have their their crew of guys that they um they go to the bar with and everything but that doesn't seem i don't know it's not it's not organized crime they're not they're not involved with that even though they might be like some of the guys they might be rolling with or whatever they're adjacent like uh not even adjacent rocco is kind of a part of he's like the the bag man right and kind of delivers packages and, and stuff like that. Did you, what'd you think of Rocco? Right. Love Rocco. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Love Rocco. Come on. It's like Rocco is such a fucking character, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's just a trip. He, as an actor too, I'm not sure if I've seen him in anything else before, but he is such a scene mm. stealer. And like also uh, we're talking about Rocco Brandini and how, I don't know. He's just a, really effective use of comic relief in a movie that's full Incredible. of a lot of dark humor. And he's involved in, in the dark humor as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. Of course, whether they, the movie thinks it's dark or not, I don't know some of it, but uh, he also provides, I don't know, just like there's, there's a so new much one. propulsion. Yeah. In and, plot and in the energy of scenes, like he is so just like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just they like, need the energy. wild card. He's the wild the card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love him so much, and he makes this movie. I would say that the standouts are unfortunately not the two leads, but it's Rocco and Willem Dafoe. You know, the two leads are very boring. And then I am sorry, but Norman Reedus at times seems uncomfortable with the things that he has to say yeah. because he and says it in a smart- in, in and out. In and out. Absolutely. And especially Sean Patrick Flannery, I will say it was so interesting looking into his career before this. And he was Indiana Jones in the young Indiana Jones. So just imagine that he was in the TV show, young Indiana Jones. He was the lead. So he's obviously not. He is Irish for sure. He's Sean Patrick fucking Flannery. (laughs) Like that's one of the most (laughs) Irish teams you can have, but like, he has not like been working as like a, you know, uh, I don't know, like on a procedural, like he's the Irish kid or something along those lines. He is leading a movie, which is interesting because he does lead this movie f- as the lead. Like it's definitely not Norman Reedus. Cause he Norman Reedus is so he is the second line. He is always like, 
I'm going to like respond to something. He comes off as the, the young, the younger mm. brother for sure. Mm. Whether More that's reserved, whether that's true or not. Yeah. But it's, yeah, I mean, it's definitely like a, a two hander and their differences between them aren't that big either. They don't differentiate the two really that much like between like the the performances they they do and they always like got each other's backs but and they're like always on the same page but uh, you're right i mean you're right sean patrick flannery definitely takes more of like a lead i I agree with you there he's more like the leader yeah yeah because he handles like more emotional weight stuff you know like talking to rocco or and i would just argue against what you're saying about them not like being so same same i get where you're coming from but like uh, something that stands out to me is the opposite of that is when they are in the inexplicably like the uh ada or aaron you what is the ira what is it right ira yeah Uh, (laughs) the scene where they just get a bag the guy just hands them a bag and just tells them to like it's almost like uh speaking of the 90s uh uh what was it it was um where the kids had the carts and they could go into toys r us <laughs> like you just like, you can fill as much like if you can take as much as what fills inside this object you know this thing mm-hmm. and you're like that's not See, how there's a lot works. of this that reminds me of uh of john wick oh like what 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 business person is being like this money equates to you filling up a container it's a kid's yells like you're going to the candy shop like when we go to the sweet factory or something like that it's like oh bag of cash bag of guns that's how we do business here (laughs) (laughs) they might as well have like thrown him a little like sack of uh of coins of little shekels (laughs) and just like oh my god being like yeah but so you're saying like this is where they differentiate one likes rope one doesn't okay you win right and they just have that back and forth of and i love too in that scene is one likes rope one doesn't there you go they're different characters but but sean patrick flannery pulls out the rambo knife out of norman yes actually are into this too and uh that's now that we're on the the subject of that that's sweet that was actually like my favorite writing writing (laughs) moment of the movie it's like very set up like very they lay the track work like heavily but i really like i did like the payoff of them falling through the ceiling and they use the rope to spin around and then the knife to cut the rope and they use the two things (laughs) that they're both arguing about that they're never going to use and then they end up (laughs) using exactly those two things to enact like a perfect a perfect plan i would say that was like that was that was a fun action scene (laughs) totally and that's the and that's also like epitomizes the things that you should champion about this movie is that it is so like we say a thing a thing happens and it doesn't you know especially we can now start getting into like introducing willem dafoe which yeah can we just talk about him for a second can we talk well let's talk about him forever because yeah. he's the fucking best <laughs> like, go, holy go. shit I god just, damn it. i just think he's he, cool he yeah. fucking makes this movie man he elevates he it to he's like he's another level and i'm trying to I'm trying to imagine if like if this movie didn't have him and how i would feel about it and i think the only way it would still be okay as if that role was replaced by like a nicola nicholas cage Perhaps. Yeah, sure but you need, only you need person. that's like the I, yeah i couldn't think of anyone else like you it's need this unhinged oh my god he is fucking amazing 
He is amazing. Because, like, so good. you know, you brought this up earlier, James, of, like, the type of movie this is like. Mm-hmm. is what if this was point break for example like what if this was a gary Busey gary or Busey, nick yes nick, nick nolte would like fit mm. into willem dafoe but willem dafoe mm. is able to tackle the homosexuality of that yes. character in my opinion so fucking well gary so Busey could and he's kind of done it before but it doesn't seem as good as uh willem dafoe it just yeah. doesn't like his, well, uh, willem- his, and his layer layering of the performance of that as well as like he's he's a he's closeted you know in the sense that he doesn't vocally say it to any of the guys but they all know it but then he's also he's he's shameful or he doesn't he's not how he re- how he expresses it is like he is homophobic but also homosexual like he he he's his own little pocket of of homosexual that is like okay <laughs> and the rest yeah. of it is is because it's not the, the I don't know, I'm not stuff. really I'm not sure if I get the full Come like on. he doesn't really have like self-hatred, but he seems no, to have, have hatred no. for other homosexual and like he goes to the no, he other doesn't. gay people for the bar, like or just a certain sort of certain type of gay. Okay, yeah. And that's what I find like honestly aging so well. Well, cuddling that. is gay, Brandon. Come on now. Right. <laughs> but, he, but put it in the context he wants to of cuddle. He, he is he is a detective and a cop. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. I guess that, yeah. a, we have seen a movie where a man to a woman goes, I'm not about cuddling. This is about fucking. And then I'm gonna go solve this crime. And then you have this tough exterior because that's what it's like to be a hardened cop on the streets yeah. of Boston. Mm-hmm. So that is our being then like uh, turning into that he is definitely gay. Like but he also the- is uh he also represents toxic masculinity at the same time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly He's just steeped dude. in this toxic masculinity of, of it all. He, right. He is a toxically <sighs> masculine gay man where he is not yeah, he doesn't want to cuddle when people get too emotional like at the bar he, he calls them fags. Like he just is a he is a man's man of the gay world essentially but which even though that is can be problematic he ends up dressing in drag later so there's like this other element and level to this where that is just solely a him being a cop thing as opposed to him being a gay thing that i think Mm. honestly to me ages really fucking well because he has like a his performance right i see i see his performance like just came through again with like the layering and the subtext of what he communicated in those moments was complicated and and multifaceted and it wasn't like being your head being yourself over the head with like which is great for an action movie that's not necessarily bad it's like you need those straightforward just like and maybe some heroic characters like, you know, our two our two main guys, even though even though they kind of turn out to be a little boring. But yeah, totally. that's just like he's he's fully realized. And you can tell that Willem Dafoe came to the table with so much stuff that yeah. they didn't even think about. And he's and, oh, he, not and he was just like, I, I have, I have it all movie. figured out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I want that movie with the, the <laughs> amount of like character he inhabited of that he could have like seemingly wrote a whole 
like pro like you know uh uh like yeah like uh story of that character doing like either solving another crime or where he came from so incredibly real or after the fact he like picks up the mantle in a certain or he just is part of the i think there's a boondock saints too and he's not in or something but yeah he he would probably maybe he would just like join the crew and be the mole and the you know he's a he's he's an fbi agent right he's part of the you know he's federal um, but Ada, any comments on Aaron? Any comments on Willem Dafoe, the man, the myth, the legend? I Dude. mean, any other like performances of his that you really like? I mean, he's he's just been like on this whole renaissance. I feel like lately too, in this way. Mm. Man, I, I don't, I I can't recall a, a, a movie Willem Dafoe is in that I didn't that I didn't like love. You know what I mean? Like he, he he's just iconic, and he's and he's he's so good at at at, at what he does. Um, and and especially like something uh, as multi-layered and multifaceted as you guys have like all yeah. described about his character is incredible. I mean, the the when he get, first gets introduced, he's just like comes in and is just like immediately like takes command and like is like telling people like what they're gonna do for him and is just like. But then also has that like very clear, like effeminate side of him where, you know, okay, wow. He's actually like, this isn't like the normal cop we're dealing with here. There's like, there's some extra stuff going on here and it's, it's, it's all, all over the place. He's sassy. I love how sassy he is. Oh man, I love it. I, I love, love it. it. I, love I love how he comes back to that bagel and cream cheese joke every time. He's oh, just like, God. dude, there's some like stereotypical kind of cop stuff in, in some, and there's plenty, plenty of stereotypical, yeah. whatever sort of, oh, let's sort talk of stuff about too. It. Totally, but totally. like yeah. his, his dressing down and handling of, of all these, all these guys is just, I found myself enjoying that almost like more <laughs> so than like Dude. the, my, yeah. you know, our, so our, our titular saints and, uh, yeah, he, he was just like handling the scene so well and his state of dress as like each one of his scenes went on with, was just like so inspired personally, I feel yeah. like by him. Um, but yeah, him just I, I like fucking with sure. Greenlee is great. I should say Marley. Bob. Oh yeah. So, you know what I found interesting uh, about his request to Greenlee about the co- cup of coffee is he's very specific and he tells them that he wants a cup of coffee with a twist of lemon. Latte with I a just, twist I, of lemon. Yeah. Right. Latte with a twist of lemon. Yeah. Very. Yeah. Odd. I just I I don't think I've ever heard anybody request coffee with a if it twist was like of lemon a, before. If it was like a double shot of espresso or something like that, maybe even then, mm. I'm sure in like certain places they might frown upon it. But I mean, you know, you yeah, get. Right. I've been at a rest, restaurant. You little double guy, James. Like, isn't that weird that somebody asked the for only, a latte? That's with what a I'm saying. The only thing lemon? I've had a twist of lemon with coffee is a double espresso, and I I kind of liked it. Was is that a little you know that mix of acidity but also i think i mentioned it at one restaurant and they i think they kind of was just like normally that's not a thing but sure and i'm just like well now i feel bad about asking but i think i think it's not like a traditional way of having an an espresso but i have had an espresso that way which is i i guess a latte essentially what is that like espresso and steamed milk or something i don't know yeah Uh uh-huh yeah but uh that was something that it was almost seemed like he just wanted to fuck with him, but I wonder if that's his actual order. Cause I wanted him to come back with that <laughs> cup and be like, 
There you go. And the little, there's a little twist of lemon on there, and there's like a, a, tw- a twisty straw or something. <laughs> <laughs> what is twist the lemon business? And that was just it's. If anything, I kind of bring it up to just talk about this. Like, it's uh, a character moment for sure. A character moment, but just being in a string of consciousness where it, it's just so seemed like Willem Dafoe was allowed to just you know improvise and just like james you're talking about is willem dafoe must have came to this with such a realized character that you're like as a director you're like i don't want him to stop like do whatever you say whatever you want do whatever you want you are just giving me nothing but gold right now because because, you know, to back to the plot of it is like, so we're, you know, we saw the saints. They, do you guys want to say anything about the big girl and the fight or anything like that? It's like we we get these. Cuts, I guess just so. the rule of thumb, which this was something that I didn't know. That's the, etymo- the etymology of what rule of <laughs> of what rule of thumb means. And yeah. I, don't, I guess I don't know if this must be true, too, because it seems stranger than fiction. But that the rule of thumb alludes to uh that was what was meant for the sizing of the stick that men were allowed to beat their wives with was it can't right. be larger than your thumb so it was the, the, the rule thumb. of thumb um yeah. that was interesting how it was executed in this movie was very heavy-handed and she was upset with them that they used that term and she's like don't you know what that means and it's like i don't think any i don't very few people probably know what the you're giving her more credit right. she was being a huge jerk oh big time that's man. not that's not how it went like he just says so the rule of thumb is like because we get this uh f- phonetic editing of the guys are at work you know they got a meat fry you know they're jokesters they're taking tongues of cows and just beating each other up with it and, <laughs> but everybody and, loves them Everybody loves them. Oh my They're god, the best. Because now you know, if you consider that the church was me before fight, this, so they fight. are actually just like saints already of the area. So everybody, in, yeah, everybody loves them. Everybody yeah, knows everybody them. Lo- everybody loves them. Everybody yeah. knows them. Um, so they're just beating each other with cow tongues. And then there's this <laughs> new. It's very purposely large, uh, woman who is very butch and. She's the new person. And then uh, Norman Reedus is tasked with uh, like showing her the ropes of this meat packing. And Norman Reedus is showing her something. And he's like, so the rule of thumb to like, I think it like cutting or packaging or something like that is this. And then immediately she just go, <laughs> she's when he says that starts turning around and, and is on like a soapbox of, yeah. Telling everybody in the area, rule of thumb. Mm-hmm. Did you know rule of thumb was based did off you of hear this? That? <laughs> and, and, and did you hear that? And then just starts going off into this whole monologue about how the rule of thumb is a term used to subjugate women. Which yeah, how was yeah, anyone supposed like, to know that? And that's but that's also not what he meant. So it would be a much right. more fruitful no. conversation. She says like, I, oh, this is she's just offended. So strong, right? She just starts off offended. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But I will say that this is kind of to the benefit you guys are of the giving movie. me a hard time. No, we're not. You're giving what? us a hard time. <laughs> like, but to the benefit of the movie, because then we get this 
joke of Norman Reedus punches the woman, right? And then it's like, <laughs> so it actually, if anything, guys, it's really effective at setting up that this woman is a huge jerk and she deserves to get punched and she does get punched. So that kind of makes us feel okay that this man. So what you're saying is this is the or this is the origin story as this first scene is how <laughs> they become who they is. They're like, okay, we're gonna start with some small fish and then we're gonna move our way up. We're gonna start with sure meat, yeah, mean mean women in the meatpacking industry, and then we're gonna we're gonna work our way up from there. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And then uh I mean I was I was just thinking about it's I mean the the, uh, yeah the bar scene that. would be the next big thing and a big part of that which we haven't been introduced to yet is the uh bartender with Tourette's which I Doc. thought was like and Rocco too this is our shit. intro to Rocco oh and yeah Rocco it. rolls up too and with every character or a lot of characters you'll get a freeze frame and then like <laughs> yeah. a punch out of Weird like. Choice. Yeah, and, age, you know, and how it looks just is, you know, the timing of it all is a little slow. Like, yeah. And this is what they're into, you know, like a little like dating profile ass of like, <laughs> he's a Gemini. Or whatever. <laughs> and that kind of stuff, because that is that is such a weird cliche that I don't really care for. I guess maybe more so now, like having gone like at my age or like have seen the films that I've seen is that's not really ever effective. You know, because like mm. you still for in Rocco's example is you still find out through plotting that he does work for the Italian mom. The bad so, man thing, I guess, was like whatever. But but that I, is I just, even said like that's yeah, even you can explained say that them, so easily and it could just be well, alluded right. to in or like it just in a scene that happens but i, I mean when you're touching you touching that? on that it's like there are there are quite a few like editing decisions and stylistic choices that don't Let's work talk that, that don't work for don't me work. and yeah. don't have their intended effect there's some that are like oh that's cool that they did it that way and that uh they had they were they were taking chances and they were trying experimenting like experimental filmmaking kind of it's like verging on that it's like indie it, feel, it feels like and in like an action Very, movie sort of way it's like yeah. i i applaud that but it's like i uh, so, some of some of the structure of them uh going you know constantly rewinding it's like some of that stuff is like for an intended effect of like oh then you get more of willem dafoe investigating the scene and all that and I you love get, that stuff you get, you get which it, is wonderful you get, to, yeah. you get to see it after and then kind of piece it piece it back together um but i it's the fade i mean the fades are are, are rough and then the you know the music it, itself uh oh, it's, is, is one thing it's yeah. like it's like one thing yeah, if like stylistically you don't like it but there are also scenes where it's like very positive almost like yeah rock and roll yeah, yeah. music and there's like almost like some fucked up shit happening and it's just uh-huh, like right. and it's just like yeah we're fucking killing people Woo! and it's like so totally. some of that is like kind of badass if it's like oh that person is 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 like needs to go down and they're in a fight or whatever it's an action movie but there's other times where it's shooting it's like, just tone you know, double pistoling like this but it is so it comes it comes off as tone deaf and it comes off as like uh just really and trying things that they're not sure if they work and they're just trying them to make it stylistically in their mind interesting but it doesn't serve the overall like narrative purpose of, of everything it's just like yeah just do that because it's cool which mm. certain times i won't sure. fault but other times it's, it's just it's just kind of uh it grinds my gears a little bit. 
Yeah. So overall, and Aaron, I'll, I'll pause this to you first is like, how did you like the way this movie looked like overall, if you were to con- like, you know, uh, land on liking it, not liking it or things to call out, like what, a, how would you feel about the way this movie looked? Because it definitely has a look to it. And, uh, you know, kind of, if you were, you can describe it a little bit if you want of what, visually just solely visually like what does this look like because there's definitely a vibe this movie's going for wait what are you asking <laughs> did you like the way this movie looked oh me yeah uh-huh did you oh my gosh the- i didn't hear you address that to anyone it was an open question as like oh sorry i was yeah <laughs> sorry <laughs> uh yeah so I, thinking about like changing the way that it looks to 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 some other style like i, I can't imagine it uh, any other way you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i i think the kind of like uh lo-fi low-tech sure you know handheld cam kind of like feel to it uh just like it felt right for like that that not only that time period but for like the kind of stylistic story that they're trying to tell as well totally i think that this movie perfectly encapsulates that the time period that it came out in and has it, it was just i get you know it's interesting I was reading some of the reviews and we'll get into it, but it's a big problem that critics can have on this and to bring up because critics did not like this movie. Again, this movie had a 28% critic score is that the would comment on it being derivative or it being uh, like rest like kind of resting on the laurels of like i said like quentin tarantino or people you know if you were to compare this right given the same year of release to fight club how that looked you know there's there's obviously a visual difference between those movies you know and it was interesting to me how cheap this feels because i it's not that I didn't like the visuals, but there is a quality to the film and shots and uh, yeah, just the overall like theme or visual theme of the movie that does seem cheap. And, but for me though, I would just say it like works like it, 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 it's, is speaking or in is in congruence with the language of the movie. It knows, so it I, knows what it I mean, is. I, I, I do agree. It's just, right. there, yeah, there's just, there's also like some tone deaf elements, but this director wanted to try a lot of things with like this, this movie. And it's, you can tell how excited Every I don't know, like especially the director themselves, it just seemed had like a lot of energy behind it of like, let's try try some things. Um, and also with the performances, the blocking itself, it almost seemed like somewhat loose as well. 
and how some of like the messiness of them, like hanging out, drinking at their apartment and stuff like that. It seemed like they didn't take too long getting the perfect take, which again, it's like, this is not these, it's not necessarily a knock either. And it caters to a certain effect of the film. Um, but it also comes with like some cons as well, which it does. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little rough around the edges, like for sure. Like it, it absolutely is. And that does have something to do with the low budget and everything. And also with like the fuck you attitude of not only the characters, but also like you can tell the director as well. It's just like, I'm doing, oh, it. Yeah. I'm doing something different here. And like, I don't want to make a movie. And it's <clears> like, as you know, we'll get to it. And it's like how the movie ends, especially too, is just like a very stylistic choice. Uh, with the interviews and um, you know, also with it, it beginning and knowing that this person was a real person, a real case, this, this kitty Genovese was like the, this seems like, and this isn't putting it down either, but yeah, like a college sort of thesis, like project sort of like final paper of like, I'm, I'm trying to like make people talk about this. Like I want to have, I want people to have a conversation about this in terms of like how that, how the movie ends. It's like, now talk like i i did this now i want you i want to stir the pot with this and it's like again that's why i think it's just it's it is like really perfect for this podcast i think i think not only the ratings but also like the subject matter and what the director is trying to do is not want he does not want everyone to love this movie i think i think he wants to upset some people like i think that's that's part of it he's showing upset people at the end of like yeah, I already know your reaction. I already know how you're going to react <laughs> to this. Like, I'm already ahead of you. And I'm trying right. to, like, be, like, start, be a little edgy. Be a little edgelordy, you know? Uh, totally. But, yeah. like, in 2022, this year of our Lord, like, it has such a genuine nature to it that I really, it ages well. It's so fascinating because I think there are plenty of movies that are trying to be edgy that are in, as time goes by, become less and less successful. Not to say that they were successful in the get go for some of these movies that I'm talking about, but like this movie has such a identity and voice to it that it's like you kind of have to respect it because it is just saying its opinion about things and it's more so your problem if you don't if you have a problem with it like Mm -hmm. it's not tough to wrap your mind around and it isn't even that edgy because I, I mean, let's talk about anything edgy in this movie. Well, what I'm is just, really I'm edgy? Say, I would just say, I would say, just like there's a, there's more the of a, there's more, there's more of a tone. Unless you're watching like a Scorsese movie or something like that, and this is mm-hmm. almost as, is like alluding of some Scorsese vibes as well. Very like, sure, yeah. I, don't very, know, I feel yeah, like people sure. have kind of a hard time with certain types of anti-heroes or dealing with guys that are like, yeah, like they just they're they're in a rough. Uh, part of town or whatever like in the, in the who they hang out like a rough crew of people and everything and they're yeah they're adjacent to a lot of crime and this is how they they grew up and all that stuff and they're just like not clean around the edges and so they kind of do some fucked up shit and it's just like i'm thinking how people would handle some of the stuff that they that they do in this movie because i feel like people have to champion their main characters a little bit more as like a representation of what their beliefs are or what they uh think is right 
and I'm not with everything, but it's like when these guys are self-described heroes and all that, and I'm, there's some, it's a lot of it can be attributed to Rocco too, but it's like, I think that along with, and for what it's worth, you know, I, I just, I'm curious how, you know, certain audiences would view this today in terms of the glorification of gun violence, even something like that, which is just mm. like has been prevalent and it hasn't gone anywhere, Holy. but it's just interesting as like a representation of American culture at this time and their feelings, you know, on guns. And it's like, I mean, Columbine had happened at, at this time. Right. So it's just mm-hmm. like, I can see why it could be even polarizing for, for certain, you know, seeing guys in jackets with guns and stuff, but I'm not trying to be that. I'm trying to interpret it in, in that sense and just try to, uh, come from that place a bit. Cause I, I, while I appreciate the action scenes and everything like that, there is like some tonal issues with, I think the music and their performances in terms of like how much pleasure they are getting out of it, which I think comes across like not as well, you know, now, but it's also like, this is the time when John wick is out. And it's like, that is fucking glorifying everything like guns, violence, all that sort of shit, but it's like the context around it is yeah, more dour and serious. I'd, I'd argue. Um, and there's, yeah, there's, there's, there's some of this that's more just kind of like, fuck yeah. Like fuck the system. Like fuck, fuck these guys and, and all that stuff. But, uh, that just to, just to put that, that seed out there, I guess I'm not, not maybe no, not that's a fully formed seed. thought, but I'm just yeah. curious about how that would be treated today. Totally. I would just say that and, though, and how much it contributes to the, like polarizing nature. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think you're right because I, you know, some of the critics and the way that you can interpret it generally is what you're talking about is that this movie is tone deaf. Like a negative take on this movie is this movie is tone deaf. It only cares about violence and there's not a lot of redeeming qualities about it because like, at, at its core, they are killing people that are bad, but you're still killing people nonetheless. And like, how do you feel about that message? Right. And where does that sit with you? Because yeah, if Batman just started fucking killing people, like how just would we feel? Like, people, you just, yeah, if you just, roll, you just yeah, like right. rolled up to Falcone and shot him in the fucking face and execution style or something like, I, I don't know. But totally, that's what it's but, trying to be. It's starting to, it's trying to just like, yeah. But, uh, like, what to, uh, sorry, I'm, say, in, I'm interrupting Brandon. I'm sorry. No, no. I mean, nonetheless, like to get back to the movie that we are, we sit with these characters, with these saints and they're good dudes by and large, you know, mm-hmm. we, the start of this is propelled by, they are at a bar at St. Patty's day. They're both Irish. They are then confronted. I just want to say, I mean, I'm going to forever now start entering into a bar and say, Hey, fuck ass. Give me a beer. Like that's <laughs> such a great line. Like, Oh, I and then just he immediately I, said he, the Tourette's guy immediately says, fuck ass. Like, cause right. You know? Yeah. You just, and that, why don't that, you make it like a tree and fuck off? <laughs> yeah. Cause I was like, Oh, why is he calling him fuck ass? And it's like, Oh, cause he says fuck ass a lot. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. But the, the, 
the saints have such redeeming qualities about them, which make this movie better. And I feel like it's a misreading of the tea leaves by the critics on this, because yes, there is an interpretation of this where it is juvenile. It is sensationalizing violence in wrong ways. It, it has like a dark side and it is mean spirited at times, but the underlying main characters are not mean spirited, just like we talked about with them working at the packing plant and to the point the like the jettison of our intro into Willem Dafoe, where they're at a bar drinking because it's St. Patty's day and they're not doing anything wrong. And then they're confronted by Russian mobsters and then the Russian <laughs> mobsters are the problem. And then they deal with them. And then it just, that kind of propels us through like really just becomes about taking down the Russian mob is the bulk of this movie because of them starting shit. Like, and our saints aren't seeking this they're just like you know thrusted into uh the russian mobs inner workings which is just it was very interesting to me because the way the italians too they just fuck everybody up oh they fuck everybody up but rocco's actually mainly fucking up the italians because the saints don't really fuck up the italians right like they are just all about they're killing the russians rocco is I mean, like and the last scene is them ending him in the, the in the yes yeah. totally but like leading up to that you know rocco is going to that diner where there's two dudes that are just giving him breaking his balls giving him so much shit and he just loses it and he's like you know what fuck you guys and he just starts shooting. yeah i just i feel like there could have been like a little bit i don't know like more of a like it could have had a little bit more of like a focus of like their their overall goals and intentions and they were just riding so fast and loose with what they were doing that like a state a statement of an intent was yeah we're gonna kill the bad guys essentially was what it what it was but the when by the time the italian guy like turned out to be like the big big bad guy it's like three months later is when he finally gets his comeuppance and i think that is kind of stilted pacing at, at, at certain parts and i thought there was like some the middle part of the movie is them kind of like well what do we do now right like let's hang, just, let's hang out and like what yeah. sh- what should our oh. next what should what should our next mission be and it's like the energy is is fun and i like the chemistry between them generally and like they are just trying to roll with the punches of what's happening but there is i guess if then we talked about willem, willem dafoe he comes in and then when they turn themselves into the cops, I mean, it's like after the first, they like, have their awakening murder, yeah. of like what, this is what we need to do in that jail cell, which is like a clear, like call to action, you know, for them, which I, you know, I pre, I appreciate that, but which just again, like, like, how sort of like then been thrust, those people thrust to that? know, like to push them towards what the conclusion was, which is killing the Italian head of the Italian, the Don, you know, and it was just like that I feel that as, guy satisfying as you know it's like oh that's somebody who would be like oh man if we could only just get he's the head if we can only just get that kingpin or something but i don't know he just he was he was throughout the movie but he just wasn't uh didn't seem like their target until it just kind of shifted there at, at the very end 
And I love the, Willem, I love the Willem Dafoe turn of, of course, but, uh, also Ron fucking Jeremy's in this movie as, as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. The, the weasel. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they get on, they talk to Willem Dafoe. There's a scene between them and Willem Dafoe at the, at the police station when they turn themselves in. This is after, uh, they are at the infirmary where the Tourette's bartender rolls up and there's yeah. three injured nuns. I want to know yeah. what the story no, of those but, yeah. three injured nuns been are. a car but, accident with a nun van. Like what was going on? Yeah, so, but that gave a great moment that, where they were offended by the Tourette's. Yeah, that was nice. Oh, which was awesome. Good and it's, it was so interesting to see a hospital and they have a holy water station. So the uh, doc, the bartender walks in and he like, uh, you dip your hand in this holy water station by the door and then do the, whatever it's called. And mm-hmm. He blesses God. them with coffee later. Uh, Norman Reedus, yeah, he just, he just right. fucking flings hot coffee in people's faces once they uh, call him a saint. Or the newspaper calls him a saint like the next day, it seems like. Because the, the press is there that night and they're like trying to get pictures. So I guess they're like put it right in the press like, oh, it's we already figured it out. It was self-defense. <laughs> they're saints. There's the story. Done, well, done then deal. Well, and then we, get, then we get the. Uh, yeah. And he's on their side, which I love just they're not fully on their side which was wonderful like we get a scene of willem dafoe with the saints in a interrogation room and they're then we find out that they speak like a fucking shitload of languages and then they willem dafoe asks a very apt question of like what are you guys doing working in a packing company like (laughs) are you able to speak six or seven languages like what the fuck and then (laughs) it's so weird because it kind of goes to this thing that's like now starting to become kind of a detriment for me in this movie is that they had their moment, like I said, you know, at the start of this podcast, that's that scene, right, of being called to God in the uh, jail cell is. So they weren't those guys before that, then, right? right. They can't be not because fully, they were not called. not like that's the change that wasn't fully clear for me. I think we're on the same or like we're at least discussing the same yeah. thing where it's like, yeah, so what exactly is their call like are they, what are they just going for the heads and whoever Rocco says is a bad guy essentially because that was just kind of vague yeah right or it's like what were they doing before that that the like the uh father was like oh they're allowed to just walk up to the mm-hmm. wooden statue of Jesus because it really seemed like so much of their calling happened after the fact of like oh they're really good at beating up criminals like they're gonna now become servants of god in order to fight justice and it's like so why were they allowed to walk into that church because a maybe a cool shot and then just like oh it looks cool because there's plenty of shit like that it's like oh it looks cool and then also yeah they're just like it's establishing their reputation in this city of like who they are and their connection to the church. And then like that makes them righteous or already in, in like the audience's eye, I guess. Cause there's like this connection to religion for them cool. too. And like the, uh, the Gaelic that they speak, I thought it was, is it Latin or it said Gaelic in my subtitles. Gaelic, yeah. Um, and yeah, they're speaking all sorts of languages to Willem Dafoe. He's just like enthused or just, or he's just more kind of like impressed and kind he of like en- entertained yeah. by these guys. Like who the fuck are these guys? They roll into, and then they come out of the in the police station. All of them are like, "You guys are the best!" Oh, thanks for doing our job for us. Oh, this is this is awesome. You guys are saints. <laughs> um, 
and then this I this this propels things into their into their direction. The angels. They're angels. <laughs> oh man. That whole Willem Dafoe monologue in the precinct is wonderful. <laughs> like I you that should be shown in schools and <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like it just is so when great. he's talking he, about like who leaked it to the press. Who leaked yeah. it to the press? What like where we're at in the investigation, mm-hmm. how he feels about them as criminals, what he thinks is going to happen. Like it is a wonderful scene of giving so much expository dial, uh, mon- like a monologue mm-hmm. of or expository information about where we're at, like what's going on. And he just has the most gravitas ever everybody in like could you imagine being in that precinct and just seeing this guy just like completely mm-hmm. start just like just totally hold, holding <laughs> court inside the precinct about all of these things and then it has a repartee where it's just like uh what's his face the shitty cob greenly just like fuck you and all of that and it just yeah it sets you it sets you up but it also sets you up for a weird thing for me is that so the the saints are interrogated for the crime that they're a part of. And then the rest of the movie is the saints going off to fulfill this calling by God to uh, like eliminate uh, gang mob or gang members or whatever. And it just is kind of, this doesn't fully sit right with me that Willem Dafoe's doesn't know who's then committing the subsequent stuff because you're just like well it's obviously Mm -hmm. those guys right so like where what are you trying to discover here because it's not somebody other than the saints right Mm -hmm. and it just was a a weird shitty kind of yeah they were close they were close to calling that out too because he's just like well they were like talking about whether they're going to get caught or not like on the lamb and shit and he's just like well that Willem Dafoe guy is on our case and he's really good. So if he hasn't caught us yet, then we're, we're probably okay (laughs) or something like that. Right. But it's like, it comes close to kind of almost like calling itself out. It's like, yeah, like if he's figured out all this other stuff already, like why can he put those two crimes together? Especially when he's grilling, uh, not greenly, but the other guy that about like, why the fuck didn't you tell me about this other case? And he talks to girls greenly too, about this case at the diner with this six shooter. Duffy. Um, yeah. And, and he's like pissed about not bringing that up. It's like, Oh, well, I mean, you had this case at the beginning, you had those guys. Um, yeah. And I don't know, like Rocco Rocco, once he pieces that together and he's like, Oh yeah, he was bringing them clothes. That Rocco guy. Uh, it just, right. It is. Yeah. I, it's, it kind of makes right. the movie fall apart. Right? You're right. You're right. It's just like, what is Willem Dafoe really trying to figure out if there's these unique killings that are obviously two men that he makes such a point of? Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Love it. I'm in for it. That whole scene where, you know, they drop from the ceiling with the rope, you know, just cap everybody with a uh, silence pistol. Love it. It's so fun. What about that main guy in the middle? Their main guy that they're trying to get his, yes, the, his the, look, what? his haircut. Like what the oh fuck? My God. I made notes of this. Okay. So first off, he's got a bowl cut with got a the hair part. Uh-huh. Dude. Ugh, what? Water, come on. Okay. Yeah, c- come. I mean, come he's on. He's like, like kind of bug eyed a bit. He's bug eyed a bit, but you're a Russian mob 
boss dude like if anything you should be wearing the best clothes you should have the hottest haircut you should be like yeah you're yelling at everybody so that was fine but you know what brandon you know what true power is you don't look like a weirdo you can look like however much of a fucking weirdo as you want because you're just so powerful people are gonna be like oh yeah you look great yeah whatever it's like we're all wearing adidas tracksuits but no you you do you man it's it's cool it's that that's that's a good good look for you and they all just laugh you know behind what? his back that makes me think of the odor the one of the owners or the son of the owners of the uh the raiders the it's this guy who has this fucking uh, like uh i'm gonna send it in the chat what he looks like that'd, he, be, that'd be great if he just looked exactly the same as this guy in the movie <laughs> just like this is others there's oh yeah let me show you there's this other person that has this exact same look and it's just the it's known as the i wish i knew that character's names <laughs> look but that was that was the second big hit uh i mean or like the second like big hit and then investigation the first one being i guess the bar fight um and this is uh oh yes i i have seen this guy before he's got the infamous like ginger uh bowl cut and he is a man of immense power and resources and he chooses to get his haircut uh by a seven, Mark, a seven year old on the street or something or like yeah i don't know his mom still does it with the the possible uh, uh, the this multi-millionaire. <laughs> yeah multi-millionaire and he looks like a fucking loser <laughs> it's just it's just it does like to i don't know i feel like you get powerful enough it's like i can do whatever the fuck whatever I want. I want. i'm gonna start a trend and i'm or i don't know it's yeah. like i'm gonna make an iconic clear sort of indication thing. Like, this guy is fucking way too much than he rightfully should i think i heard mm-hmm. that like zuckerberg like styles his hair after like fucking mark like like fucking caesar like after yeah. like the bus uh-huh. of like like yes like the hairline of it and and Uh how he wants he wants to look like a bust of like of like caesar it's because there's this weird thing that happens when you're in a position of power where you're fucking no matter what because you're just so wealthy and powerful and then you're you get this and maybe rightfully so get a this idea that your time is so incredibly valuable. Like we're talking about, you're getting like, if you were to, uh, uh, equate your wealth that you incur as like, out, like what is your hourly wage? It's like $15,000 an hour, you know? (laughs) So you're not going to waste time with things that in your mind don't matter and looking good. doesn't make you more like mm-hmm. having a, a certain type of haircut. I guess I would say doesn't equate to you being better at making too much money. So you just start to segment and like, look at things as, I'm going to just kind of like the Steve Steve Jobs of it all, like wearing the turtleneck with the blue jeans. Yeah, that's like, what I was going to say. Is like you just my time. Yeah, yeah. You just decide what the uniform is and you commit to it. So it's just not right. a thing that you have to worry about in your day. You just like oh, just get it it's right, get it right back. It looks like he can fucking do it himself. He's like oh, I'll just do a little trim trim sure. up myself. It's like yeah, right. that's. I mean, you're absolutely right, and uh, 
I mean, you yeah, see- you just think your t- your time is so valuable. To, you don't want to fuck with this shit, and you do that. And yeah, it was so funny to see the Russian mob leader like that. It also looked like he was wearing a fat suit, which was really bizarre. He wow. just overall looked terrible because there was yeah. this weird frumpy, frumpy, weird, shitty suit. Like you didn't hear what he was saying either, so you didn't really know how he sounded. <laughs> he was just like bug eyed and yelling. It's like I want to know how this guy sounds. He's like. I'm gonna tell you what and (laughs) I think that would have that would have like clarified something to me just to hear like how how he sounded Um, you hear him a little bit at the end when he's like getting getting executed Uh, and then Rocco proverb uh, or something but yeah. I no, I just want to say that you're right. Like the movie would have definitely benefited from him being his own character. Like it was yeah. so weird that we got a scene where the saints are just like getting fucked up at Rocco's place, but we don't get time with what is like the Russian mafia boss think about what's going on or mm-hmm. what is his like, what are they actually doing? Like, that's right. the crazy thing to and me. And their, their conflict amongst they, they, the- it's like weird, uh, you know, one room in this hotel in Boston. Like, uh, they're everybody sitting around big mob bosses. And what the fuck are they talking about? Who knows? No one knows. We don't know at all what's going on. Is it for like, I don't, I guess. Like, yeah, I I seriously have zero idea what is going on with the Russian mom in this movie Mm, that we are taking down. Like, I have no idea. Is it a drug deal? Is it a power thing? Yes, we hear that the Italian mob and the Russian mob have this bizarro arrangement. I can't believe this is true is that they've agreed to let each other work on each other's like land but the russians don't want to go to italy so then the russians are still coming over to the u.s like and the then italians don't want to go to russia i think or something like they're like right. yeah it, it made no sense to me it like it was <laughs> it was delivered with conviction of like yeah let me tell you this is what's going on and boom, boom, boom. there's this inner like it's the and also too we saw it in the trailer like there's this intercontinental war that's happening between the russians and the italian are the yeah the italians and they and just fuck the whole system up it's just like it's like no they're gonna what is this what are we talking about they're gonna level the whole playing playing field and just fuck fuck the whole system up and uh then rocco comes in and they decide to fuck with him and fake and just like put on masks and and pretend to mess with him and throw him on the ground and then he yeah. he jumps up and freaks out and says it says fuck a bunch, which is really great in a bunch of different ways. And that's Can when I deliver he, that. And that's you guys? and that's when is he it, gets uh, clued into the to the plan. Well, of, well, of course. Do you need do you need any setup lines? No, no, I got it. Okay, all right, action. <laughs> fucking what the what the fuck? This fucking how did you two fucking fucks? Fuck. <laughs> scene beautiful. That, was, beautiful that was beautiful and and then <laughs> and then uh sean patrick flannery says well that certainly illustrates the diversity of the word <laughs> and that it does so good. and then we get willem, and then we get willem dafoe river dancing uh coming up here once he when he like investigates i love that just like he fucking commands the scene he just like i feel like river dancing and he, he does a little dance and it's he's just He's just 
living and breathing a man who is in control of his craft. Like it just gets, yeah. gets me fucking excited, man. It's like, <laughs> these, it's this is the, so this pumped. is the potential of even in a movie like this, where there's some performances, which I find somewhat lacking a bit. It's like, Oh, in a movie yeah. like this, you can fucking li- live in, you can, uh, sorry, you can just uh, do your work. And I, and I think that's kind of Nicholas Cage's thing too, to draw some, I mean, that comparison yet again, I think is, even in these movies that he's done in his latter latter parts of his career, I think he's just fully committed no matter what uh, project he's on. And then you just happen to stumble across or, you know, I, I know he's whatever sort of agents and work that he's, he's getting when he gets on something like pig, he's just ready to go. Cause he's just ready. Like these guys are just fucking ready. Cause they're like, they're like practice their craft and they're warmed up and they're just like ready to go. Totally, it's man. Not but like, it's like, oh, I need another take because my accent is off, which it happens and everything. But as you know, some of that other stuff is is all over the place. But and, and then I think I guess the next uh, I was just kind of working through some of these big assassinations because they're, you know, to what Brandon was saying, too. There's no not a lot of connective tissue beyond them just kind of fucking around and, and Rocco being like, I know guys, I know guys we should take down. Oh, we should take down these guys at a strip bar. Like right. it's or like the you know, and it's uh, I guess it's Ron Jeremy is there, but then there's like those two other guys that are there too, and the the name of the the bar is called the Sin Bin. Bin, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> A Dub, what did That's you what did you the- think of uh of uh, this scene of the of the strip club scene of him going in and like of them like taking out Ron Jeremy and then Rocco getting his his moment to to kind of do his thing um yeah I, or like or, any, or like anything else or anything like, else we've been talking about of course I, I was trying to trying to see see how you feel about it all yeah i i mean i i i love that scene i mean it also obviously it's all happening at the same time right because they keep jumping back and forth between the actual event and uh um uh I like Will, like Willem Dafoe, Willem Dafoe's yeah. uh, breakdown of of uh, how he interprets it, um, kind of going back and forth, yeah, and then it's like almost like yeah. CSI or uh, something. Yeah, but uh, but I I enjoyed it. I think I loved Rocco just kind of like going in there, and it, it was the, the guys were uh, being like super jovial about it, right? Like they were uh, just kind of like kicking him in there, like go ahead, like go go ape shit, go do, <laughs> go be you. And he's just like, pew, 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 oh, just like letting loose all over the place. Uh, and uh, I, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really fun scene and uh, uh, all the breakdown and everything. <laughs> is this the same? This isn't the same scene where he, <laughs> Rocco grabs those titties, is it? It is, yeah. It is. That was rough. I thought that was. I thought just the, like standing there. I'm like, bro. <laughs> that was that was rough. I thought that was that was like rough yeah. to see, and and that, that's I I don't know for me just one of the more tone deaf moments in the movie as well of, of something that just like is tells me that me and the feelings of the person and the director making it are not on the same page as clear and. In, in the director's mindset of what the movie that they wanted to be. And I think it was, it also inevitably is going to have some of these moments where it's, yeah, it's just kind of like, Ooh, yeah. 
You just got to, you just got to, you just got to take it with the full vision of what, what he wanted and everything. But it, I, you know, I'd be lying if it wasn't just like, oh, that was upsetting. And then it's just like, it plays a guitar just like, oh, he's like, you know, you know, you would do the same thing sort of thing was like how the movie. I mean, it's very much the times though too, isn't it? Like, I mean, even in like uh, movies like Bad Boys, which I think was somewhere in the late 90s, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, Michael Bay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? What? I don't. I haven't seen Bad Boys. What exactly in Bad Boys, or just the overall? Oh, they have. They have like a it. similar kind of uh, scene with just like uh, what they call dead bimbos, uh, and just like, yeah, yikes. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's just like that's yeah. that's something. It's like also, and I'll, and I'll argue my own point as well, or like against my own point as well. It's just like these guys are not supposed to be good dudes and like i understand that but i'm just saying i'm saying when i hear the guitar lick that's the director being like yeah like i don't know it just that's that's where it gets weird but it's like i'm willing to understand it's like i love i love yeah it's like scorsese movies like the departed or something where it's about a bunch of like fucking gangsters and they're not gonna like be nice or talk nice or do nice things so it's like i don't i don't want like squeaky clean gangsters (laughs) or anything it's yeah that that's all and then they kill they off those two other guys. You don't really get like they 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 seem to know who they are. They're like bad dudes, or they just like oh everyone here is bad for for. I our, think our it seems like they were yeah. kind of just fodder. Like yeah, they were just happenstance. That right, way. it's yeah, yeah. It's like you're saying, James. Of they're since they're there, they're guilty by association almost. Like yeah. if anybody is here, then they're a bad person. Cause that was a weird situation of, cause Willem Dafoe goes to lengths to say that the people in the other booths didn't see what happened. Mm-hmm. They electively chose to kill them. They put the which, shutters up. Yeah. To the movie's credit allows Rocco to have his moment because really the precise purposeful killing happens by the saints mm-hmm. and then they are just like Rocco take this on because Rocco has you know is in love with the idea of being a vigilante he is all about it he's like hire me guys yeah. like get me in there you and then they keep get, going and, he, he, and he's pumping him up too yeah like and then it's it's a character it's a character I, moment for him yeah. and then i think you're right it shows how messy he is and that starts to bleed right. over into what willem dafoe's talking about it's like these two killings are different mm-hmm. and and that works to its effect um but it also yeah i just oh, i guess i'm early referring to yeah that kind of glorification of like the gun violence sort of stuff which just comes across in like a you know a certain sort of way but that's also comes across in the Rocco energy sort of way. And that's, I don't know. It's just, I, I think it was so just the benefit of the movie is what I would argue is, is like I, the, yeah. the carelessness and the senseless violence is attributed to Rocco, who is inherently a flawed person, mm-hmm. but what's enjoyable as a ride of a movie that this is, is that he is God. He just has these lines like the, yeah like fuck you get me a beer like that's that is of a person who isn't a inherently good person or a smart person necessarily because that's not what you say and then when you ascribe all of the more uh senseless violence or uh non-purposeful violence necessarily to Rocco, i think it works well yeah it just also makes you start to question like 
yeah, by association, like, what are we really doing here? We have you guys by association are hanging out with this Rocco guy and he's, he's, he's like an entertaining, funny guy to have around and everything, but it's, it makes you question their own convictions of like, you guys are, you say no rape. You're letting Rocco fucking sexually harass unconscious bodies. You at the end of the movie, you say no rape, you know? And it's like you in all this, like standing on your high ground about killing the right people. And he fucking offs a bartender and shit like that. And it's like, there's no pushback for that. And there's no real con, not enough conflict. I think whatever, however however you want, however you want to spend time in the movie, but there's not, in my mind, there could have been an opportunity for conflict within them about what their ideals are and what they want moving forward. Um, their main conflict comes with them calling Rocco an idiot for not realizing that the, his own people are about to off him or set him up. And he's too dumb to, to realize it is where that conflict comes to give it some credits. Like, okay, they have some ins and outs between each other. Uh, and they do set him up. He was, yeah, he was, had a six shooter for nine people. Um, but yeah, that's, that's all. It's it's just like that 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 com the commentary on what's actually happening is is uh not fleshed out enough for for me in in certain ways. But I'd be down to talk about the next uh the fire fight if you know what I mean. The fire oh. fight. Yeah, which I mean that's that's like a that's like a big moment. I think. If if we don't have, we don't have to go through every nitty gritty of every little detail of everything now we're kind of you know pushing near the end of this movie sort of but I I will say right. that sequence of uh, tying because the whole movie you're seeing it uh, kind of stilted between fades between what Willem Dafoe is investigating between what actually happened and this time right. they join together and it's uh, really effective like, and cool yeah. yeah it's super cool it feels super good. Oh, it feels really great because you get really wonderful moments of like Willem Dafoe passing, like what's going on Practical. behind him. Yeah. Oh. He's just there. And it's like, oh, it's like he's not like a figment or something. It's like, no, they just had him there. And it like movie language tells you, like, I know what's happening because it's primed me to be ready for this editing technique. You know, it's not just mm-hmm. editing to be, oh, cool or vision. It's like, no, this has a purpose. And I, yeah. When you're sitting in the car and you're coming in and everything and everything is like very blocked out, very purposefully. And then, yeah, this and then it cuts to Willem Dafoe and he's got the loose collar and his eye is down. He's like smoking a cigarette and he's just like, "Ah, get me Spider-Man. He ends up becoming so fucking sweaty like he's just doing his job at a crime scene it blew me away how at the end of it he is like ty is like way done shirt unbuttoned dripping sweat like wow where why is he like this he's conducting a symphony like you're saying here he's like he's conducting it and billy Connolly shows up and he's got the fucking guns lead like out the front of his uh vest and Uh stuff which yeah it like whatever all the gunfire and stuff i'm saying it just like it looks cool like (laughs) like and he pulls another one out of his vest and he's got the cigar and the glasses and you know he's just and then so and then Willem Dafoe's in the middle is just like, yeah! and there was a fire, fire, 
he, even while he shoots off his gun. That's yeah, he starts shooting his gun. Oh my god! So I was like, "Yo, is anybody gonna call this dude out? Like, he's not supposed to be doing that, man. Is this a part of his dream? He gets like little like office pops in there or whatever you call him. Right, the office pops. <laughs> Uh, and then he like they put ammonia on their blood so they can't trace their blood and he hates he it he is so upset he like is he's thrashing around crazy. in the bushes he's like yeah! <laughs> how could they got ammonia on it this is fucking there was a moment the, the, the camera kind of like the camera guy lost him they were like yeah couldn't figure out where he was and then they found him and then he finds the Rocco's finger and then he pockets it which tells you it's like oh he's really unhinged he's not even like he's on no one's side but his own at this point it seems like and that is just like such his character makes the most interesting decisions (laughs) in this movie where you don't fully know but then it like is satisfying to find out like where he he crosses over to their side and I think that is yeah. the main thrust of the story for me that makes it <laughs> more satisfying of him of him like yeah like rejecting establishment as as well when these guys kind of seem like they already had and they're just enacting their their loose plan but he's kind of just like you know what you're fucking right and then the, I, this is kind of where yeah he's crossing over he he uh he pulls up Rocco's and in, info and and all that stuff um I mean, it, I be, it's just like the next big action scene, right? When Willem and when Willem Dafoe comes in drag and, and, and stuff like that. Yeah, because um, uh, then it's taking down the Italian mob. Taking down the Italian yeah. mob is is what is what we're going into next. And man, I'm trying to think of some of the some of the pacing because like they get caught like pretty quickly going in i i feel like and then they it's very yeah phonetic and oh and there's stupid. there's also the thing i don't know if anyone had anything to say about rocco like getting revenge on that one dude for the worst day in his life where he had to take him on a job to kill this family and this hitman mm-hmm. was very pre- precise with everything and there's this whole other side there's a lot of, there's a good amount of rocco stuff it's like he almost has more backstory than the saints so it's like he has like a definitely like, do you remember this time it was the worst day of my life there's no time where like norman reedus has a monologue <laughs> as much he's just like part of like part of a whole of the two people yeah but uh, that's to the benefit of the movie because the Rocco's more interesting just uh, immediate presence on screen you want to know more about Rocco and it gives you the benefit to Rocco's performance I feel like it was like I don't give benefit to the movie if they made their lead characters interesting right absolutely yeah because I guess detriment if they don't God, it just makes me think like you rewrite the movie after you just experience Rocco as an actor. You're like, well, it needs to be more about him than these. Scenes. <laughs> God, I think it, I got yeah. like the perfect amount of Willem Dafoe. It was pretty. I mean, I could use some more, of yeah, course, but sure. I think like they nailed it with 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 him. Right. And uh, he comes in and dragging this part and his performance at this part is like. I don't know. It's almost like a part of the reason I would give someone to watch this movie. Yes. Is Willem it's Dafoe's like performance in this part is like, <laughs> yeah, like Willem Dafoe's in drag at one part. You should check it out. Like, and it it's rocks. Great. Like he like seduces a man and then he's on the ground and he's just like, fuck me. Yeah. You get an upskirt, <laughs> upskirt Dafoe. <laughs> upskirt Dafoe. And just like rocks it. And just, hard. 
yeah. fucking just starts can't oh man so good and then what does he say he says like two he says like he starts mumbling to himself and it almost seemed like the director was like or willem dafoe was like i feel like i should have a line here after a dude he's like no line was written you can say whatever you want he was he starts to say like some really like i don't know like what what the character would actually say it's like his really like crossover point where he's like too far like too far and he's kind of freaking out at first like too far Mm -hmm. and then he like kind of turns and he grabs a gun he's like he says like no turning back or like it's time or like it's go time or something like that and he then he like goes it's just i that's all him i feel like you know just internal monologue it it is so nonsensical to what the plot is like there's no reason why yes why this I'll just like, you know, kind of expose myself a little bit, but why this movie's wonderful is, is that there's no reason why, Will, like the movie doesn't give any good reason why Willem Dafoe would get so hung up, so wrapped up to the point of then injecting himself into the scenes, like plot against the Italian mob at all. Like it doesn't make any sense. Why right. would, a career FBI agent all of a sudden decide I'm going to dress up and drag to interject myself into this, to try to take this down. That like, what is that conversation <laughs> would have been You're like? Right. <laughs> what are you even going to accomplish? What yeah. are you going to even accomplish? You the one here? undercover cop. <laughs> one undercover cop? Like get the fuck out of here with that. <laughs> and that is so stupid and nonsensical, but like. It's not handled clearly. Uh, I like the idea of it is, is, yeah. is interesting, but you're so right. It does not handle it like in yeah. a clear sort of way of like that transition. <laughs> that's like, even when he does pocket that finger, it's kind of just like, what what don't you want to get to the bottom of this it's like you were so specific in uh, so many other instances like why is why are you becoming unhinged and uh, yeah it just must go to show you like what we're talking about is the benefit of letting willem dafoe bring a character that he's actualized himself into a script that somebody else has thought of is that you just start capitalizing and cannibalizing the script in a sense of i'm going to be this person that is wonderfully magnetic like i don't like yeah you don't want to stop willem dafoe Mm -hmm. when he's acting like this you're like yes give me more of this i love this but when it comes to plotting and and like purpose and reason it is just totally thrown out the window because there's no reason why willem dafoe is getting as upset as he is because there isn't in like we've identified is the problem isn't even that complex like he has yes it was wonderful in the first scene for him to identify what the true situation and nature of that crime is but once you get the saints inside the precinct you're like these are the people who are doing these crimes right at least you would back up into that like you would try to make that a reality out of these uh killings that we've been backed up into uh as an audience member but he should know that these are the guys so why is he getting so stressed out why is he getting so crazy what is he Mm -hmm. losing in this and And none of that never and there's never an expression of conflict between him and you know either like the police police establishment that isn't i mean he's he's above them in certain ways or whatever but he's been they've been referring they've been a team this whole time and there's no clear separation between him and them kind of too besides just like grabbing that finger and moving on to this next scene of being on the side of the saints and those yeah those kind of conflicts in conflicts between characters 
not only provide entertaining sort of conflict, which just needs to be in a movie, but also helps establish the differences between those characters in those scenes and the, even the ones that are on the same side, supposedly, whatever side that may be. And I think those lines between the sides are kind of blurred because the people themselves are not as defined. And even something like someone who is so great as Willem Dafoe seem like mannerisms, character choices that he came up with that maybe don't fully express themselves in the script and the writing. Um, because yeah, it's, it, it just moves to the next, these, these kind of hits that take up the, the chunk of the majority of the middle of this movie is these hits that kind of aren't set up one by one super clearly. And the stakes as well um, are just kind of like, don't get caught. But the connections between them are just like, yeah, they're bad guys. They're just bad guys. And everyone's happy that they're, they're taking them out. At least the, the police are cause they're, they're saints and the media likes them too. But even that is kind of just like very loosely handled. Like, Oh, here's a newspaper headline and the police like them. And that's that. Get but, right. uh, totally. Yeah. And then um, this is where we, uh, we lose Rocco guys. I mean, we, we lose, we lose Rocco here and it's, it's uh, I think Norman Reedus is one of his better moments of showing ex- yeah. expression of, of emotion and, and being totally. both of them being torn up about. And I think it's just cause I'm projecting as well. Cause I'm so torn up as, as well about Rocco, you know, as much of a little scamp, big scamp as he is, it's you like, scam. You, know, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, he's the funny guy. And, uh, and then uh, Billy Connolly comes in and then that just happens. Like they're just like, boom, me, you mean, mean, and it's dad, it's their dad, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. Blows my mind. So they had a gunfight with their dad. Yeah. Damn. So the dad knew while he was shooting that he was going taking that he had taken a hit out on his own kids. Yeah. Fuck. Mm-hmm. I don't think he did. Too. I, he, I don't I think he him. did because he, didn't he recognize only once a day he saw them saying the prayer. And were they, like ma- he was were there, they masked like, at with the his house? guns out? He was going to kill them, right? Oh, he okay. said, and then, then they, then they say the prayer or maybe like they hadn't. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't recognize yeah, them because he hasn't seen them so long they and they, they only remember. It's a family prayer, right? No, you're right. He yeah. only recognizes mm-hmm. them because they say the prayer. Has it been so long since he'd seen them? He doesn't recognize them. Like that? It had to have been because he was in like maximum right. security prison to the point that his yeah. uh, parole okay. hearing, he was in a metal cage in the middle. Yeah, that's the impression I got is that he, he's yeah, he's been he was like an extra, estranged father. Like he's he's been like hardcore down this path. Like, God, uh, this whole and, where is and that not scene? a part of their life. Right. I don't know. Is a, where is that yeah. scene between them? Like totally sa- yeah. him saving them. Him sitting them down and being like, hey, boys, I know I haven't been around. I've seen what you've been doing in the newspapers. And then <laughs> yeah, right. And I, I am it. so into it. Sign me up. And they right. like, you know, and then, and <laughs> then they hash it. And then it says three months later. But instead, he's like, finishes the prayer. And they're like, mm-hmm. Three months later. And then it just goes into fucking. And then they just fucking <laughs> charging into the fucking courtroom like, woo. 
it's, it's team. worse than that though it's not yeah, just like <laughs> like something like a rock thing uh-huh. it's this weird hybrid of the late 90s oh it's more like a house it's kind of housey yeah it's like a house yeah it's like it, something yeah. you know it's uh, akin to a, like a lincoln park or like a slipknot where there's like a a dj and rock elements to it and then at points there was like uh, like yeah a record the, scratch scratch sort of stuff yeah right there was even a point too when they're entering into they're in the um elevator to get to the russian mob that there's this like orbital kind of of track mm-hmm. in it yeah. where it's it or moby where there's mm-hmm. like uh catholic uh like uh, i don't know some type There's of some coral sermon. stuff yeah and then there but it's like got this like yeah rave beat to it and it just sounded so nine inch nails sort of stuff you know yeah oh i did not care for that yeah it's hard it's hard to not be affected by the audio part of the movie it's 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 very much sure. a big part of it and it's like it's oh my god you know as much as it's just like a part of the times and uh yeah <clears> i <throat> totally did notice like some of those house 90s like <gasps> and not to say that i don't love good artists from that era like i mean everyone you just listed yeah like yeah like like dirty vegas or something totally and i just a laid back Luke or days you know. go by and still <laughs> I think of you. Boom, boom, <laughs> fat boom, boy boom, slim. Boom, hell, some fat boy slim, some <laughs> Benny Banassi. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love those artists. I don't want to massive shit on attack. Those artists, but this is like the, more more, trip the, the cheaper, worse version of it where you are taking yeah, like uh, what is a popular trend in music? And obviously when you know trends in music happen there are really good innovators in that really good populace of that very terrible uh overplayed like radio hits version of that and it's just like a more radio hits version sub the production of it it was yes these are qualities of music that are popular at the time but it's not a edgy or interesting Mm -hmm version of that it is yeah. more of a caricature of that that's yeah. what happens with movies too i mean i don't know I'm, I'm just like blumhouse movies and stuff like that it's almost makes me think of that where yeah you know you can definitely get a brand and a type of thing and there's like sure. offshoots of that like oh we want to do that too and other people are going to try to make like and i feel like there's been like an influx of those kind of horror movies too since like blumhouse has been successful with that just to think of like other other mediums i think that yeah you made a, such a great point i think that that can span just so many different things of and even that critics mentioned so much so as like oh this is just a copy of something that that already existed and you just go go see this instead um but i i don't know it's just uh such a there's brands and then there's time periods and and inescapable qualities that you can't uh escape because it's just the moment that you're in and for this last part i think it's like something that even when like youtube started i feel like all those all the people that were like really into this movie would just like watch this scene on like youtube and like memorize it because like it was almost and then like and then like put it on like their myspace or something or like their status of like this is who i am of like this this uh speech right here of what they say or like 
post that video and be like, fuck yeah. Like this is, this is what I'm about. Totally. Um, yeah. Cause it is, I mean, it is such a proclamation and it's almost like that's where the movie could begin too. Like it is such like a setup. It feels like when he likes they, and they do kind of like, I guess they do have a kind of a sit down after the fact. Don't they, they like the, the father don't uh, a little bit. I'm not remembering. There's like a very minor, minor scene. But it's just like so. There's a lot in this movie that just kind of like rolls on by. Um, yeah, they yeah they do have a little scene, don't they? Scene. I'm just remembering. But anyways, it, it's it's that small that I <laughs> forgot about it. Um, mm-hmm. And then it just ends with what do you guys? Oh, I want to ask Aaron specifically. Um, what do you <clears> think <throat> of this last moment in the movie of them going to? what it appears to look like real people. It's that, you know, it's all the of, streets, like yeah. not, not great actors, not to be mean or anything, but it's just like, it's very obvious that they're actors no, yeah. um, saying their feelings about the saints and everything. How do you feel about that for like an end of an end of a movie? Cause I feel like it's a very big choice. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was kind of strange. Um, I, it, yeah, I mean, it kind of threw me off because, like, it, the, like, what people think about them, like, I didn't, like, really feel throughout the movie that that was a big, like, sure. thing to, like, that people were talking about or that was being focused on. So, um, to end it with, like, just a bunch of people talking about what they think about these guys uh, was, like, a little weird, but, like, all in all, it's, like, it's all right. You know, do you, do you I, think I, if I, like they stitched <clears throat> some of those interviews throughout the movie a bit more, like about like something like that, where it was like, oh, cause it was like cool. the first time it was introduced yeah. was like at the end of this kind of style, like this on the street sort of journalistic sort of style of like who's interviewing these people. Is it for a news station or what? But mm-hmm. uh, it's not that it was necessarily bad. It's just like, that's how you end the movie. And it's also the first time Abrupt. you is also the first time you introduced yeah. this style of, but yeah, I don't know. I think this is also a Jarring. style of, uh, like in movies as well, where they would like start movies with interviews. I think when Harry met Sally starts mm-hmm. with like real couples, like being interviewed mm-hmm. about like, and you kind of just get like the idiosyncrasies <clears throat> of like what it's like being in a long-term relationship. And then when you were about to mm-hmm. watch a movie about love and all that, but yeah, this is a way like, or I, I feel like, was it, like, I don't know, like Bruce Almighty or something. Ah, there's just like, there's movies with like interviewing people and that being, uh, being a part of the movie, even like something as recent as like interstellar, which was, uh, I mean, that was handled really well where it's like real time. I think it was like real interviews for people from the dust bowl that like is starting, uh-huh. starting the movie with, you know, and uh, anyways, I just, mm-hmm. just going out, going over all that stuff and thinking about what kind of choice this was. Brandon, what do you make of it? I guess, you know, I would like to hear Aaron too's opinion of this is how effective is this movie in like promoting the ethos of the government doesn't take care of us. There is a lack of justice 
that in vigilantes altogether, uh, I guess I would just posit to you, Aaron, is do you feel like our government doesn't take care of us? Do you feel like certain vigilantes are necessary? And then do you feel like this movie is effective in creating those vigilantes? Like, do you are are you on the side of the saints, like killing, you know, killing these people? And um, yeah, like what they're doing is good work. I mean, like it, it, it clearly like gives off that feeling that, that like, that's what you should be getting out of it, but it also doesn't go into a lot of detail. Like you guys have been talking about, uh, like earlier on, like they don't really like say much, um, in the way of getting into that, uh, but, but it's just like, kind of comes across, um, sure. Um, yeah, which is which is an issue because this movie is so has a fuck you anarchist energy to it. But yeah. you're just I, too, have a hard time trying to think of like. So what what is the like point? Like, what would you what change would you like to see, you know, kind of to that effect? Uh, because. Yeah, I mean, more development of like, why are these, why are these the targets, right? Yeah. Like, that's the well, big we, thing, we right? Like, that's we, the big piece of like missing information is just like, what, like developing a little bit of that. I think that I context would, say, would go a long yeah. way. Yeah. Or I would just build on that and say, and if you would let me, what you're saying is, it isn't so much like we understand that they're killing mobsters, right? Like we get that. What I think you're really saying is, is what is the impact of killing those monsters have on the greater society? Because we don't see absolutely. that the community. Yeah, absolutely. We don't see that like, at all. Like, what are we? What are we? What is the community gaining from? you know these low level monsters dying right. to these bigger low level monsters dying. Like, what is? We right. don't get any, especially in the context of that ending scene. It's like, yeah, why do these people care? Right. Like totally. Yeah. And what is the impact that it's having on them? Because it just was so jarring and really, <clears throat> in my opinion, took a lot away from the movie. This ending, having this like mm. these people interviewed was so shitty, like it because it does deflating. It said, yeah, I, I think I kind of think it deflating yeah. like it said nothing. It was just. Obviously, people were proposed with the question of there are vigilantes that are fighting criminals. How do you feel about it? And then you're just getting these straight answers from people about like, oh, I'm either for or against vigilantism. No comment or no comment or no comment or no no comment. Right. Yeah. Or no comment. And the indifference of good people. Am I right? Bam. Mm. Bam. (laughs) But yeah, like it's where the it's where the director gets to sit you down and like, I don't know, just really like do something that he wants to do. It's like all about him. I feel like in this moment of just like, I just want I have them in my pocket and I want to like show them themselves of like how do you like, and I want to point the question direct. They want, he wants to point a direct, a question directly at the audience. And that's where it really feels like, yeah, like art film sort of like college, like art film sort of thing of like, I want them to walk out of the theater and, and be, and be buzzing. Sure, but I, I just, I, I don't feel, the, then he's ineffective because right. what I've gotten so much out of the movie is a sense of 
people are incredibly flawed and make terrible decisions, but there is a reason why they can do that. And that's a conversation to have is whether those motives are like fully just or fully realized. And to just leave it to people with like almost not an, you would almost need to tell those people for it to really be effective. Like, okay, so here's the situation about the saints, you know, so they're, you know, part of the community and the community is not looked after well. And like, you just have to go into all these things. And instead right. you get this like super vague mm -hmm. uh, responses from people who like, you don't really care about their opinion. And then, you start to question, it's like, should I be on the same side? These two, these main characters in the movie, what the movie's been all Deflating about. And maybe that's that. pur purposely so, but it's also like, I haven't been given enough information to know if I should be on their side or not really. Right. And maybe, I don't know. It's like, I can, I can see in the director's mind on paper, how a moment like this could be interesting, but it's just, to put it at that is like you have the big lead off of like, Oh, these guys are going to go out and they're going to continue to do this. And that's like a great kind of ellipsis a little bit of like, okay, well maybe there could be more. And if there's not, I'd like to think that, Hey, maybe these guys are just, are just doing good for their community and, and their, you know, in their polarizing uh, vigilante sort of way. But then after the dot, 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 you get kind of like a question mark of the movie of kind of like, huh? And then like, and then kind of just, I, it doesn't, you're not really sure how you're like, and maybe that's part of it too. It's like, you feel how you want to, and that's what the direction that, but it's like, we're not really sure how the movie feels about itself, which is something that I've kind of arrived back to multiple times in this discussion of like, if you're going to pose that question, you should know yourself. And I'm not sure if you do. So how am I supposed to make a, a proper decision if without the proper context? Um, right. And oh, totally. I would love to get into some. Uh, thank you so much for the discussion, guys. This has been a lot of fun uh, going through yeah. this. I, I hope you're uh, you guys have been having a good time. Hope it hasn't been too long already, uh, Aaron. But we're going to go into some uh, critic and audience reviews um, of the polarizing nature. Yes. Yeah, before you do that, though, can we just take a quick break? Of course. Yes, we'll be right back. All right, we are back. Welcome back to Polarized, your number one location for all polarizing movie discussions. We are going to move on to the critics' feelings about this movie. They are riding at a 28%. I will start with who are we going to start with? Let's let's go with uh, AV Club from Nathan Rabin. He says satire or self-parody would be vastly preferable to the film's unironic endorsement of outlaw justice, but you'd be hard pressed to find anything resembling irony or subversiveness in this exercise in lovingly rendered ultra violence. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a sound opinion i guess uh <laughs> no and this is we're now in the territory of hearing about the critics and why they don't like this movie because this is a cold classic which i feel like more often than not is where the critics like it 
And maybe audience at the time don't get it. And sure, there becomes a reverence after this, which is really what happens with this movie. But it is, uh, yeah, it's w- interesting because I think this is has like a ethos and is pointed in some commentary that maybe critics pick up on it. But it, the opposite happens. Uh, from uh, we'll move on to Matland McDonough from TV Guide. She says. Duffy's models are clearly snarky, ultra-violent Tarantino-esque crime pictures, but this movie's cleverness is never quite on a par with its bloodlust. So you get ultra-violence, yeah. bloodlust. Everybody just, yeah, it's, always, it's just about the, the ultra-violence for everyone, it seems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's only two reviews like so far, but set- I, I imagine there's more of this. <laughs> that's, a, that's so much of what they are, man. Is yeah. It doesn't like... Because for critics, this feels disingenuine or is too nihilistic is is what they pick up yeah on. yeah like this just just, right. just senseless sense right, right without purpose yeah right. mm-hmm. um robert kohler from variety um more interested in finding fresh ways to stage execution scenes than in finding meaning behind the human urge for self-appointed righting of wrongs Pick is stuffed with effects that have no lasting impact. Right. Um, this that's a <sighs> there's someone called Cole, Cole Smithy from colesmithy.com, and uh, the little blurb just says train wreck zero out of five. Um, I can do and then one little blurb from uh, Nick Shager from uh, Lessons of Darkness. This is whatever publication he is with says a dim-witted aesthetically clunky Tarantino clone. So we got a couple uh Tarantino listings here of of people saying it's a couple it's of the Tarantino mentions, man. Makes sense. I think this this again, yeah, it's like when when you deal with these these critics, they're in uh in a way of like like our one of our favorite podcasts uh connoisseurs of context and they and they know a bevy of information surrounding the movie and what goes into it um sometimes that behooves you i think sometimes i and even i will admit myself it's like i will maybe even try not to watch trailers if i if i can help it because Mm. that's i mean that's almost too much. I don't want to know that much. I almost want to walk in blind and and be surprised and and everything. But there's some people that just nerd out for it. So I totally I totally get it. And that's what critics are. They're just big nerds. <laughs> um, no, they just, I, they nerd out. They nerd out for movies. That's what that's what we do too. Um, I'll do one more from Entertainment Today from Brent Simon. A ridiculous, self-important amalgamation of rehashed macho posturing and slow-motion bloodletting. Do yourself a favor. Do not attend a convocation with these saints. Mm. Okay. Okay. Zing. Okay. Zing. All right. <laughs> uh, I'll do one more, actually, from LA Weekly, uh, Manala Dargis. Duffy's assembled a fine cast. It's hard to take your eyes off the two young leads, but he's given them little to do but squeeze triggers and mouth platitudes. So mm. a little bit, a little bit of like very oh, 
good cast, but yeah, didn't really give them enough to do, which mm. fair, you know, fair. like a, yeah. nu- a nuanced opinion, which in a polarized zone, sure. you get like, this fucking sucks. Or you get like, this is the best movie ever. And anyone who hates it is a fucking idiot. And you get a lot of that here. Mm-hmm. So it's like kind of nice to throw in some <laughs> low level headed stuff. Uh, but I will move on to the uh, affirmative, the positive audience side of things. I will start with Johnny Walker, five stars titled and shepherds. We shall be the fact that you're reading this review tells me one of two things. One, you legitimately are curious about this movie or two, you have seen this movie and just want to see what other people think. If you have not seen this cult classic movie, you need to stop reading this review and start watching it now. It is the greatest movie of all time. Every single person has thought about making the world a better place by killing evil people. Plus, the acting is wonderful. The plot is fantastic. The characters are deep. Don't just stand by like Kitty Genovese's neighbors. This person affected this person's life. It seems like it affected their philosophy on life. It's their favorite movie. Greatest movie ever made. Of all time. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That's those are the reviews that I love to read. It's like I I just love when if I could if every movie I watch, if I could read a review from somebody like who thinks it's their favorite movie, I think it'd be interesting. And then mm-hmm. maybe the, you know, and since I'm such a polarized head, maybe just read the review of the person like, this is the worst movie I've ever seen. It's just Rash, something that finds it in the bin. Obviously, I find we find it entertaining here. I don't know. Just looking at reviews of, of things can be can be fun to hear hear about it from uh, especially audience side of things uh, where they really feel like it expresses something that they feel. Anyways, I'm blabbing. Let's hear from uh, Kate titled five stars titled Bonds Between Brothers Battle of the Sacred Against Evil. Highly recommended. Wow. From the first second, literally, the action was on. I couldn't figure out what was happening at first, but it all becomes clear. Action-packed, unexpected twists, symbolism, ethics struggles, manic emotions, incredibly powerful bond of brotherhood, a holy war against evil. Words are tame after the emotionally charged atmosphere of the movie. The caliber of movie I must watch more than once to catch the nuances I missed the first time. Defoe mastered his character the two saints as well superb there's some people feeling very strongly about this this is also on on amazon a lot of uh people voting for the reviews finding some of these very helpful uh from audiophile five stars titled saints are made this is a cult classic one of my favorites along with bs2 all saints day that must be mm. the, the sequel. Yep. A huge hit by almost all word of mouth. It is campy, funny, serious, a bit bloody, and touches on a nerve in almost everyone who believes in justice. I had this DVD and BS2 in my collection. BS and one of the BS2 DVDs went missing. I say this mostly because I liked them enough to own them, and also because I want to inform all that there are two versions that I'm personally aware of, of Boondock Saints 2, all Saints Day DVDs, and identical professional packaging circulating out there. One seems to be the full-length version. The other has deleted scenes that seem crucial to the film, at least to my entertainment value, 
if not the actual plot. While this is not a high-end, super slick, glossy Hollywood effort, it is by far more entertaining and some would say meaningful film than many of those high-end types. Do yourself a favor and watch it and the sequel. Big fan of the sequel here. If I, I haven't heard anything about the sequel, so to see someone be like, no, I'm all about the universe. You make more, I will, I will line up. Um, are you guys down for like one or two more? Sure. Yeah, of course. From JTM titled Give It a Chance. Five stars. I feel like I feel this is a great all-around film. Has been my favorite for uh, years now. Not what I would call a family film, but something I would recommend to anyone who wants to be entertained for a couple of hours. I know that is a far-fetched plot, but who hasn't watched the news or witnessed a particular situation and wished that they could just eradicate the world of evil people? The overall message of good triumphing over evil is driven home throughout the film, and the end leaves you wanting more of the saints. Forget the bad reviews and judge for yourself. As a bonus to understand the plot's inception, the plot's inception, research, research the director and his reason for writing the story in the first place. Put yourself in the brother's situation and think, would you just roll over or would you fight back? Hmm. People uh, resonating with I, wow. the, the messaging. The message, yeah. Um, and we'll do one more. From John in Seattle, titled A Ruby in the Grass. Five stars. Great movie, great dialogue, great story, lots of memorable scenes, really fun, but extremely violent. The scene with the cat is worth the price of admission. Willem Dafoe is usually outstanding, and he brought it all. Plus, it stars Norman Reedus with an almost believable Irish accent. <laughs> Be aware that this takes place before the zombie wow. outbreak. Good one. The Flannery Reedus dialogue is very good. John Connolly is outstanding, but he sometimes sounds more Scottish than Irish. Okay. Yeah. I think people, I don't know, there's just a real sense of ownership for this movie. I've expressed about cult movies, cult classics in, in particular. They become cult classics because I think the audience takes ownership of it, has a defensive kind of nature about it, people not liking it or critics in particular and it being shafted. And for people not understanding and misunderstanding what it's trying to do. Um, it wasn't, I wasn't quite as defensive with this one, but you could still sense that, that sense of ownership at, at least. It wasn't as like, you know, fuck those critics and everything. There was a little bit of like, Oh, if you see bad reviews, you whatever. But um, I think the polarizing nature of this movie is warranted. I think that uh, the director, almost would want it that way as i said and and um isn't trying to please everyone and wanted to make a statement uh with this movie uh do you guys have any comments about the uh these comments and reviews and why it's so polarizing uh or shall we or do you want to move straight to uh final thoughts I just find it interesting that they seem to all be so like, like way on the outsides of either end. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's why we do what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. The, and we are kind of uh, targeting those kind of reviews as like, it's a very, we're trying to understand the polarizing side of things. So we kind of focus more on, on the ends here. Um, but also that's the nature of the movies that we pick as they kind of have those. Right really high highs, low lows, depending on which side you're 
you're approaching. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely, absolutely right. And I think the sentiment of expression is common, uh, with, you know, people wanting to have an opinion and even something like Amazon reviews, which I pull from for audience reviews, people will vote on those reviews of what they find speaks the most to them. And I think that, uh, you know, a lot of time it may be hyperbolic, uh, but also just very passionate and everything too. And, and convincing sure. and, and, uh, you know, I like that. That first one you read, was like, like a call to action itself. It says, don't just yeah. stand by like Kitty Genovese's neighbor. It's like telling you like, you like <laughs> yeah. stop reading this and fucking get on it. This is homework now. Like this is like requirement. Like you, yeah, you feel like really called out. Um, but yeah, uh, shall we move on to final thoughts and, and giving our final ratings? I've lately just kind of been giving uh, the decision to our guests and seeing where they would like to place themselves in the First, order. Of last things. or middle? Yeah. What are you? What are you feeling? Yeah. What's what part what's of the, the deal? You want to? You want to? The choo choo train. I'll go in the middle. I'll go in the middle. Yeah. Oh, the choice. Yeah. Well, then now the yeah. second part of. Uh, what I do here is leave it to the great Brandini. Where do you want to go, Brandini? You want to go first or last? Last, please. Oh my God, me. Oh, now I'm bashful again. This is wondrous. Uh, well, to, so this so this movie was an interesting rewatch. I, I don't think I've seen it since I like watched it for the first time. It was never something that I thought I wanted to go back to and watch again, like for myself by my uh, own. So that kind of expresses kind of how I already felt about it the first time was like, oh, it was, you know, it was, a, it was pretty good. You know, I, a lot of people told me to watch it. I, I did it. I can see kind of what, what the hype was about, but still had been so overhyped at that time uh, that it was hard to really take it at face value. Coming back to it again, I thought that it was just flat out not going to hold up. I thought I was like, this movie is going to be trash and it's just going to be bad. And I'm going to have a hard time just like trashing it. And I hope like, you know, if they really like it all a lot and I'm just going to be trashing the whole time, that's going to be hard. Um, that's not how I feel. Like there's definitely before. <laughs> yeah. Not too many times. It doesn't get too polarizing here on this podcast, but you know, I, you've as, been there. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's as hard as it is for me to disagree. Uh, I like to be an agreeable kind of guy, but um, for this one, I will say, yeah, there's plenty of things that did not hold up, you know, like the, this the scene at the strip club with uh Rocco um some of the the tonal stuff with with the music the fades as far as editing goes and everything and and some of that stuff uh was stuff that was part of uh an artistic sort of indie film not everything sorry I'm speaking more to the fades not like the sexual assault by Rocco um <laughs> but like the, the fades and stuff like that was just kind of like artistic chances that like represent someone. Yeah. Taking chances. So I'm willing to take that kind of side that I didn't enjoy so much and accept that there were some interesting, bold choices taken as well. Um, I thought Willem Dafoe as a character is just like kind of a triumph as far as he's concerned of like how he was able to cobble that together within this movie. Um, and they set him up in scenes to like kind of piece together 
and like the scene and everything. But like, I don't know. A lot of that stuff can be cliche, stereotypical kind of like cop work sort of things. But he just like made it his own. Uh, elevated the entire material of the movie so much so that I was waiting to get back to Willem Dafoe a lot of times. Um, but this movie overall, I think, has an energy to it. And while some of the contextual stuff with the antagonists and their placement and everything is a little fuzzy and everything, I think the overall feel of the movie is realized. And um, expressed through this director and uh, the material that makes it watchable. This is this is a watchable uh, movie and an action movie at that. That has um, pretty solid action when the when the tonal stuff is right and and correct. And you know the whole writing leading up to the rope and the knife thing. I thought that was the perfect example. That scene of the combination of yeah kind of the comedic side of things as well as some dark humor and uh, just foreshadowing and payoff, which, you know, this movie had in, in that, in that moment and maybe could have used a little bit more of and, and all that, but um, way more watchable than I, than I thought it was going to be first going into it. Uh, but it ha- yeah, however, it's just, yeah, I'm definitely going to take marks off for, you know, having, having a hard time with the, the tonal stuff with, um, some of the violence that was like, felt weird about how the director felt about his own movie. Uh, while I still maintain that he knew how he felt, it made me uncomfortable knowing he felt that that way or something. And in terms of, uh, some of like, Oh, this is badass and awesome that we're killing these people in particular. It's like, it just didn't feel, uh, on point to me in some of those moments. So I kind of pushed away. So we'll get marks, marks for that and stuff and some of the stylistic stuff. Um, but talking with you guys kind of like almost raised my opinion of it a bit too, in terms of like just getting on board with the energy of it all and Willem Dafoe, like I'm trying to decide how much my score is going to be just part, like is just Willem how much I'm does get- he just like push this fucking thing up? So I'll do a 71. I'm going to give it a 71%. Uh, Aaron, please uh, take it away. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't know. I'm not uh, very good at uh, dissecting all of the little intricacies and mechanics like these boys are, but. um, Do your thing, man. Yeah. However, however you want to do, do your thing. Yeah. But like realistically, like, um, uh, you know, I judge uh, movies just based off of like the way that they they make me feel in the moment and, and, and whatnot. Right. And I do agree that this isn't something that like I would care enough to like, you know, watch regularly or come back to often or anything like that. But uh, but it was enjoyable and it was fun and uh, um, and it was cool to see that narrative like some of those reviewers were pointing out of. <clears throat> of that feeling that, that, you know, a lot of us have had of, of just like, I wish somebody would just kind of get rid of these, you know, what, whatever it might be, the, the problem, um, uh, as just kind of like an easy cop out kind of solution. Um, um, so, you know, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, 
we've talked about all the kind of like uh, ups and downs of it. I think there are some, some things lacking as far as uh, not having enough of an understanding of, of the why and whatnot. But, uh, uh, but overall, I mean, like you guys were saying, like Willem Dafoe, fucking phenomenal. Loved the journey of like going through the paces and, and while James is taking points off for the fades and stuff, I, I really enjoyed that as somebody who hadn't experienced that kind of, um, flow to a movie before. Um, it was, uh, new and exciting and, and felt really cool. And, uh, to see it all come together where you're just like, kind of, you know, getting these bits and pieces, like, like James was saying earlier before and, and bringing it all together, uh, to, uh, where we're, we're kind of like, uh, ready and conditioned for the, the merging of those two things into that, that, that big blow up, uh, firefight scene was Super, 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 super cool. Oh my um, God. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I think we all agree on, on a lot of, uh, similar points. Um, I definitely agree with James looking, looking back at, at, at in a way that's looking at kind of like a, a 2022 lens, uh, that is just like, that's fucking doesn't belong in, in, <laughs> in cinema. Or, uh, but we're framed that uh, way. I mean, if a character is going to do that thing, he's not a sure. good dude. He's not a good dude. It's just some of the framing not to interject. That's, that's all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, I mean, exactly. And, and with the, like you pointed out the like musical riff that like just made it all the worse. It's just like so stupid. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, nonetheless, I enjoyed it. Uh, not something I'd go watch a bunch, but, uh, super, super, wow. super, super enjoyable. Uh, <laughs> love Rocco. The killing of the cat, like Jesus Christ, amazing! It's just that's such a so many that's fun, quirky little super Tarantino uh, things. scene too. Um, so yeah, loved it. Uh, I'd I'd probably give it similarly to 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 James somewhere around 75 percent. Seventy five is all around wow. good stuff. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah, guys. Great like, Brandini. Let's go. Let's bring it And now uh, for the main event. And now, welcome to the Brandini Zone. Boondock Brandini. Ah, uh, boondocks. Yeah, man. Um, I like this movie. I do. I think it serves a purpose in cinema because it is a great example on a minimal budget to create something that is exciting, has action sequences that has a pretty strong sense of self. And I think that is something that's really important to an action movie. So in those if for that, it succeeds because seeing our protagonists like in uh, dropping down from a ceiling, shooting everybody in the head, one bullet, silencers, boom, boom, boom. So thrilling. And yeah, just like what you said, James, like how much do you give for just Willem Dafoe in this? My God, like I just want to give 30% of my score just to Willem Dafoe. Like I've done in the past, I can't remember what movie it was, but like, um, do you remember what it was? What was that movie where it was like, because of this person, it was better. It was, um, 
uh, Ving Rhames. Oh yeah. And uh, Chuck and Larry in Chuck and Larry. Yeah. Like just giving so much of my score to that, because like, I think it is required required viewing uh, that this movie is because that performance is so fucking wonderful. I don't think that the, like the lack of things and now, you know, this movie does lack stuff. Like I've said, there's, it's not as confident as it is. It's not clear. And it's like real thesis or understanding of the thesis that it's presenting. Mm -hmm. They're really uh, upon viewing recently, like makes if I, I, it's understandable why critics back then saw that too, of there's, in immaturity or a, a not hand, a correct handling of the material that it would like to, uh, you know, work through and, and whatever. And that's not, yeah, it doesn't end up being good. Like I don't, I'm, it's so funny how I'm confused as to what, like why the church sequence happened before them being, saints and all of that like even that's muddled like there is some definite ineptitudes in filming directing whatever uh and also to the performances as well like sean patrick flannery's uh accent is not great um norman reedus is just ex- like, yeah, it, like a reviewer said, it's more about platitudes. It's more about just saying action speak and it doesn't lend itself well all the time, but it definitely lends itself well at other times. And so it's hard for me to, to speak too poorly of this movie. I won't speak poorly. What am I saying? Like, I, I do enjoy this movie and I just, yeah, I would say that this movie is good. Is it great? No, it's not. Uh, And because of that, I'm going to give it like with again, uh, uh, before I finish this. Rocco too, amazing. Like, I love that character so much. And in the spirit of Rocco, in the in the spirit of this juvenile nature or juvenile perspective, that this movie has to its detriment for sure. I'm going to give this movie a 69%. You said it. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Nice, 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 nice for the 69. Nice. I will give you, um, I think we're, uh, in the same ballpark. I love being, uh, being there with my buds and this has been a very, level-headed discussion of a movie that I think was worth revisiting. Um, and I think, totally. and you, and you guys, I don't think any of us have seen it in a while and uh, yeah. coming to terms with kind of my feelings, I think is nice to like kind of, kind of set it aside and, and move on to our next film, um, which I will reveal is green street hooligans uh, from 2005. It has a, 47% rating by the critics and an 87% rating by the audience. Uh, I'll do a quick synopsis. American journalism student Matt Buckner, Elijah Wood, moves in with his sister and her family in London. There he meets football hooligan Pete Dunham, played by Charlie Hunnam. Charlie Hunnam, 
plays Pete Dunham, who introduces him to his rough tribal world. <laughs> where supporters of opposing <laughs> where supporters of opposing teams battle each other before and after games, but Pete's lieutenant Bobber suspects Matt's motives and inadvertently reopens a years-old rivalry between Pete's brother and the leader of a rival gang. We're back. Go- we're going back to gang world. Um, and uh, we'll see what happens. I have not seen this movie. Uh, oh, not at all? No. Have you seen this movie? Oh, yeah. Oh, this cool. is a, okay. just like uh, with this movie. So this is, will be a similar what, experience for you? Oh, my God. Yeah. This is an, like in my life. This reminds yeah, me. We could do like a whole movie. We could do a whole series about movies that like I haven't seen that people are like all like for a while in my life have been like you haven't seen oh Green Street God. Hooligans? Come on, bro! Right, man. Bro. Oh, I was like, I need to do a so letterbox fun. letterbox playlist of all those movies and just we can, yeah, we can yeah. work through them. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that'll do do it for us here. Ada, uh, Aaron, do you have anything to share? Uh, thank you so much for joining us. I know it's, we go somewhat long here. I hope it hasn't been too long for you. Hope you got to no. have your voice heard and, and expressed uh, about this movie and anything else you feel. Is there anything else you want to express uh, <laughs> to the world? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it's always fun uh, hanging out with you guys. You know, I love you. Uh, thanks for having me on. Love having you. Love on, you too, man. Me too. Please come back anytime. Um, you're, mm-hmm. you are always welcome. We'll do, but and you I, know, I was looking at, uh, a, a movie that I really loved, uh, to see if the, the score was polarizing. Mm-hmm. Cause I thought oh, like sure. it probably would be, uh, uh, but that I just like loved my core. Uh, but it turns out it, it's nearly identical. That happens actually often. Yeah. yeah I, I was like, wow, yeah. holy shit. Yeah. So, oh, well, <laughs> what movie? Yeah. Cloud movie? Atlas. Oh wow, um, dude! That's oh, that's my yeah. that's my because I oh, I want to do the segment, but it's been hard for me to find enough movies that fit that qualification. Um, mm. And this is maybe a little teaser. I want to do a segment called like Magnetize or something, where cool, yeah, you have to guess like what the number of what the rating is for a movie that has the exact same score. And Cloud Atlas was my uh-huh. example for that when I was, and that's exactly what I was thinking too because I was looking for polarizing movies. I was like. It it seems like that kind of one where like you either love it or you hate it, which I absolutely, I absolutely love it. It's like, I don't know. That movie is, I would. I'm a fan of Jupiter ascending, so I get it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, Southland Tales. And I feel like Southland Tales, I feel like would be polarizing too, but I don't think that one has like, uh, that one, maybe it's just kind of like. Just poorly rated altogether. I think so. Yeah. Just kind of middling or, or poor. Um, but yeah, it almost changes your perception of, of certain movies when you look at these scores and it's, oh my God, guys. Okay. We are going to do our first game of Magnetize right now. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, let's go. <laughs> I want you guys to dip it, but it, but we're doing Magnetize. I want you gentlemen to guess the score of Southland Tales, which is exactly the same score on both sides. Uh, 32%. So, okay, well, I was going to say, Gus should go first, but uh, there you go. Brandon. <laughs> Sorry, I got, I got excited. I love it. <laughs> we'll go, should we go without going over? Is that, who yeah, cares? Uh, now nah, who fucking cares? 
and who cares? Who cares? Closest, closest. Fuck Bob Barker. No, I'm joking. He's <laughs> he's I, I, fuck prices right total, rules. Total fucking legend. Total fucking legend. I said I should. I meant fuck prices right rules. All right, we got a 32 on the board. A dub. Aaron, what is your score? Did you what did you say or did you already say it? I'm so sorry. A couple of things just like all happened at once. Uh, uh, which are we? Southland on? Tales. What do Southland you think Tales. is the score that is shared by audiences it, you and know, critics alike? I haven't alike? seen it. So, um, oh, that's, the other score was thirty something. He said Brandon said thirty two, and he's doing a bro. You haven't seen Southland Tales uh, look right now. Right, right. Absolutely. Okay. Like, <laughs> holy fucking shit. Like, we're going to watch it after this podcast. Like, oh, wow. That would be, <laughs> yeah. that'd that'd be a good watch again. along. That'd be a good watch along. Uh, if you're on the Twitch stream, join us after. Uh, but yeah, please. I'll, I'll go with kind of like a safe middle-ish 60. Let's go 60%. Let's just see where that lands. <laughs> All right. We got Brandon is the winner. Brandini is the winner. It is a 41. Yeah. 41 mm. on both sides and that is a magnetized movie that just blew my mind that that worked wow. out the way that it fucking did and then i segued into my own thing <laughs> segment that i'd been meaning to do and i stumbled across this divine intervention i want to do the <laughs> the prayer that they did in boondock saints just to say thank you um oh, all right yeah. <laughs> I, all right we'll move on that just kind of that tripped me out all right it was perfect the new the numerology gods were with us. Um, yeah. We will bid you adieu, Aaron. If you would like to uh, contact us, or Brandon, is there anything you want to you want to share before I uh, tell the people where they can find us? Uh, I mean, it's my fucking birthday next. Oh week, my yeah. god! Next week, so Let's go! Let's so go. Shout out, Jimmy Brandon uh, uh, Brandon's birthday. I'm Breezy Brandini. <laughs> Gemini season, bitch. No, let's fucking Don't go. Call. <laughs> <laughs> Other than right. that, uh, follow us on Twitter for sure. Um, At Polarized Pod. Yeah. And then uh, definitely review. Like, that's a great place to let us know about how we're doing. Uh, re- review us on iTunes. iTunes especially would be would be the iTunes. big help. Yeah. Apple, Apple Podcasts would be awesome. Rate and review there. We'd love it. We love it. That's it. That's All it. I got. Uh, we're streaming live on Twitch at Polarized Pod. If you care to That's join it. us live occasionally, uh, we will see you next week for Green Street Hooligans. Goodbye. Good. Bye bye.